Book Seven of Paradise Lost by John Milton, Second Edition. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book Seven, the argument. Raphael, at the request of Adam, relates how and wherefore this world was first created. That God, after the expelling of Satan and his angels out of heaven, declared his pleasure to create another world and other creatures to dwell therein sends his son with glory and attendance of angels to perform the work of creation in six days the angels celebrate with hymns the performance thereof and his reascension into heaven descend from heaven urania by that name if rightly thou art called whose voice divine following above the olympian hill i soar above the flight of pegasian wing the meaning not the name i call for thou nor of the muses nine nor on the top of old olympus dwellst but heavenly born before the hills appeared or fountain flowed thou with eternal wisdom didst converse wisdom thy sister and with her didst play in presence of almighty father pleased with thy celestial song upled by thee into the heaven of heavens i have presumed an earthly guest and drawn imperial air thy tempering with like safety guided down return me to my native element lest from this flying steed unreined as once bellerophon though from a lower clime dismounted on the lean field i fall erroneous there to wander and forlorn half yet remains unsung but narrower bound within the visible diurnal sphere standing on earth not wrapped above the pole more safe i sing with mortal voice unchanged a horse or mute though fallen on evil days on evil days though fallen and evil tongues in darkness and with dangers compassed round and solitude yet not alone while thou visit'st my slumbers nightly or when morn purples the east still govern thou my song urania and fit audience find though few but drive far off the barbarous dissonance of bacchus and his revellers the race of that wild rout that tore the thracian bard in rhodope where woods and rocks had ears to rapture till the savage clamour drowned both harp and voice nor could the muse defend her son so fail not thou who thee implores for thou art heavenly she an empty dream say goddess what ensued when raphael the affable archangel had forewarned adam by dire example to beware apostasy by what befell in heaven to those apostates lest the like befall in paradise to adam or his race charged not to touch the interdicted tree if they transgress and slight that sole command so easily obeyed amid the choice of all tastes else to please their appetite though wandering he with his consorted eve the story heard attentive and was filled with admiration and deep views to hear of things so high and strange things to their thought so unimaginable as hate in heaven 
and war so near the peace of God in bliss with such confusion. But the evil soon driven back, redounded as a flood on those from whom it sprung, impossible to mix with blessedness. Whence Adam soon repealed the doubts that in his heart arose, and now, led on yet sinless, with desire to know what nearer might concern him, how this world of heaven and earth conspicuous first began, when and whereof created, for what cause, what within Eden or without was done before his memory, as one whose drought yet scarce allayed still eyes the current stream, whose liquid murmur heard new thirst excites, proceeded thus to ask his heavenly guest. Great things and full of wonder in our ears, far differing from this world, thou hast revealed, divine interpreter, by favour sent down from the Empyrean to forewarn us timely of what might else have been our loss unknown, which human knowledge could not reach, for which to the infinitely good we owe immortal thanks, and his admonishment receive with solemn purpose to observe immutably his sovereign will, the end of what we are. But since thou hast vouchsafed gently for our instruction to impart things above earthly thought, which yet concerned our knowing as to highest wisdom seen, deign to descend now lower, and relate what may no less perhaps avail us known, how first began this heaven, which we behold distant so high, with moving fires adorned innumerable, and this which yields or fills all space, the ambient air wide it refused, embracing round this florid earth. What cause moved the Creator in his holy rest through all eternity so late to build in chaos, and the work begun how soon absolved? If unforbid thou mayst unfold, what we, not to explore the secrets, ask of his eternal empire, but the more to magnify his works, the more we know, and the great light of day yet wants to run much of his race, though steep, suspense in heaven held by thy voice. Thy potent voice he hears, and longer will delay to hear thee tell his generation and the rising birth of nature from the unapparent deep. Or if the star of evening and the moon haste to thy audience, night with her will bring silence, and sleep, listening to thee, will watch, or we can bid his absence till thy song end, and dismiss thee ere the morning shine. Thus Adam his illustrious guest besought, and thus the godlike angel answered mild, this also thy request, with caution asked, obtain. Though to recount almighty works what words or tongue of seraph can suffice, or heart of man suffice to comprehend. Yet what thou canst attain, which best may serve to glorify the Maker, and infer thee also happier, shall not be withheld thy hearing. Such commission from above I have received to answer thy desire of knowledge within bounds. Beyond, abstain to ask, nor let thine own inventions hope things not revealed, which the invisible king, only omniscient, hath suppressed in night, to none communicable in earth or heaven. Enough is left besides to search and know. 
but knowledge is as food and needs no less her temperance over appetite to know in measure what the mind may well contain oppresses else with surfeit and soon turns wisdom to folly as nourishment to wind know then that after lucifer from heaven so call him brighter once amidst the host of angels than that star the stars among fell with his flaming legions through the deep into his place and the great sun returned victorious with his saints the omnipotent eternal father from his throne beheld their multitude and to his son thus spake at least our envious foe hath failed who thought all like himself rebellious by whose aid this inaccessible high strength the seat of deity supreme us dispossessed he trusted to have seized and into fraud drew many whom their place knows here no more yet far the greater part have kept i see their station heaven yet populous retains number sufficient to possess her realms though wide and this high temple to frequent with ministries due and solemn rites but lest his heart exalt him in the harm already done to have dispeopled heaven my damage fondly deemed i can repair that detriment if such it be to lose self lost and in a moment will create another world out of one man a race of men innumerable there to dwell not here till by degrees of merit raised they open to themselves as length the way up hither under long obedience tried and earth be changed to heaven and heaven to earth one kingdom joy and union without end meanwhile inhabit lax ye powers of heaven and thou my word begotten son by thee this i perform speak thou and be it done my overshadowing spirit and might with thee i send along ride forth and bid the deep within appointed bounds be heaven and earth boundless the deep because i am who fill infinitude nor vacuous the space though i uncircumscribed myself retire and put not forth my goodness which is free to act or not necessity and chance approach not me and what i will is fate so spake the almighty and to what he spake his word the filial godhead gave effect immediate are the acts of god more swift than time or motion but to human ears cannot without process of speech be told so told as earthly notion can receive great triumph and rejoicing was in heaven when such was heard declared the almighty's will glory they sung to the most high good will to future men and in their dwellings peace glory to him whose just avenging ire had driven out the ungodly from his sight and the habitations of the just to him glory and praise whose wisdom had ordained good out of evil to create instead of spirits malign a better race to bring into their vacant room and thence diffuse his good to worlds and ages infinite so sang the hierarchies meanwhile the sun on his great expedition now appeared girt with omnipotence with radiance crowned of majesty divine sapience and love immense and all his father in him shone 
about his chariot numberless were poured cherub and seraph potentates and thrones and virtues winged spirits and chariots winged from the armory of god where stand of old myriads between two brazen mountains lodged against a solemn day harnessed at hand celestial equipage and now came forth spontaneous for within them spirit lived attendant on the lord heaven opened wide her ever-during gates harmonious sound on golden hinges moving to let forth the king of glory in his powerful word and spirit coming to create new worlds on heavenly ground they stood and from the shore they viewed the vast immeasurable abyss outrageous as a sea dark wasteful wild up from the bottom turned by furious winds and surging waves as mountains to assault heaven's height and with the centre mix the pole silence ye troubled waves and thou deep peace said then omnific word your discord end nor stayed but on the wings of cherubim uplifted in paternal glory rode far into chaos and the world unborn for chaos heard his voice him all his train followed in bright procession to behold creation and the wonders of his might then stayed the fervid wheels and in his hand he took the golden compasses prepared in god's eternal store to circumscribe this universe and all created things one foot he centred and the other turned round through the vast profundity obscure and said thus far extend thus far thy bounds this be thy just circumference o world thus god the heaven created thus the earth matter unformed and void darkness profound covered the abyss but on the watery calm his brooding wings the spirit of god outspread and vital virtue infused and vital warmth throughout the fluid mass but downward purged the black tartarius cold infernal dregs adverse to life then founded then conglobed like things to like the rest to several place disparted and between spun out the air and earth self-balanced on her centre Hum. let there be light said god and forthwith light ethereal first of things quintessence pure sprung from the deep and from her native east the journey through the airy gloom began sphered in a radiant cloud for yet the sun was not she in a cloudy tabernacle sojourned the while god saw the light was good and light from darkness by the hemisphere divided light the day and darkness night he named thus was the first day even and morn nor passed uncelebrated nor unsung by the celestial choirs when orient light exhaling first from darkness they beheld birthday of heaven and earth with joy and shout the hollow universal orb they filled and touched their golden hearts and hymning praised god and his works creator hymn they sung both when first evening was and when first morn again god said 
Let there be firmament amid the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, expanse of liquid, pure, transparent, elemental air, diffused in circuit to the uttermost convex of this great round, partition firm and sure, the waters underneath from those above dividing. For as earth, so he the world built on circumfluous waters calm, in wide crystalline ocean, and the loud misrule of chaos far removed, lest fierce extremes, contiguous, might distemper the whole frame. And heaven he named the firmament. So even and morning chorus sung the second day. The earth was formed, but in the womb as yet of waters, embryon immature involved appeared not. Over all the face of earth, main ocean flowed, not idle, but with warm prolific humour softening all her globe, fermented the great mother to conceive, satiate with genial moisture, when God said, Be gathered now, ye waters under heaven, into one place, and let dry land appear. Immediately the mountains huge appear emergent, and their broad bare backs upheave into the clouds, their tops ascend the sky. So high as heaved the tumid hills, so low down sunk a hollow bottom broad and deep, capacious bed of waters. Thither they hasted with glad precipitance, uprolled as drops on dust, conglobing from the dry, part rise in crystal wall or ridge direct for haste. Such flight the great command impressed on the swift floods as armies at the call of trumpet, for of armies thou hast heard, troop to their standard, so the watery throng, wave rolling after wave, where way they found, if steep with torrent rapture, if through plain soft ebbing, nor withstood them rock or hill, but they or underground or circuit wide with serpent error wandering found their way, and on the washy ooze deep channels wore easy ere god had bid the ground be dry all but within those banks where rivers now stream and perpetual draw their humid train the dry land earth and the great receptacle of congregated waters he called seas and saw that it was good and said let the earth put forth the verdant grass herb yielding seed and fruit tree yielding fruit after her kind whose seed is in herself upon the earth. He scarce had said, when the bare earth, till then desert and bare, unsightly, unadorned, brought forth the tender grass, whose verdure clad her universal face with pleasant green, then herbs of every leaf that sudden flowered, opening the various colours, and made gay her bosom smelling sweet. And these scarce blown, Forth flourished thick the clustering vine, forth crept the smelling gourd. Up stood the corny reed, embattled in her field. Had the humble shrub and bush with frizzled hair implicit. Last rose as in dance the stately trees, and spread their branches hung with copious fruit, or gemmed their blossoms. With high woods the hills were crowned, with tufts the valleys, and each fountain-side with borders long the rivers. That earth now seemed like to heaven, a seat where gods might dwell, or wander with delight. 
and love to haunt her sacred shades. Though God had yet not reigned upon the earth, and man to till the ground none was, but from the earth a dewy mist went up and watered all the ground, and each plant of the field, which ere it was in the earth God made, and every herb before it grew on the green stem. God saw that it was good, so even and morn recorded the third day. Again the Almighty spake, Let there be lights high in the expanse of heaven to divide the day from night, and let them be for signs, for seasons, and for days and circling years, and let them be for lights, as I ordain their office in the firmament of heaven to give light on the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights, great for their use to man, the greater to have rule by day, the less by night all turned, and made the stars, and set them in the firmament of heaven, to illuminate the earth, and rule the day in their vicissitude, and rule the night, and light from darkness to divide. God saw, surveying his great work, that it was good, for of celestial bodies, first the sun, a mighty sphere he framed, unlightsome first, though of ethereal mould, then formed the moon, globose, and every magnitude of stars, and sowed with stars the heaven thick as a field, of light by far the greater part he took, transplanted from her cloudy shrine, and placed in the sun's orb, made porous to receive and drink the liquid light, firm to retain her gathered beams, great palace now of light. Hither, as to their fountain, other stars repairing, in their golden urns draw light, and hence the morning planet gilds his horns. By tincture or reflection they augment their small peculiar, though from human sight so far remote with diminution seen. First in his east the glorious lamp was seen, regent of day, and all the risen round invested with bright rays, jocund to run his longitude through heaven's high road, the grey dawn and the Pleiades before him danced, shedding sweet influence. Less bright the moon, but opposite in level west was set his mirror, with full face borrowing her light from him. For other light she needed none in that aspect, and still that distance keeps till night. Then in the east her turn she shines, revolved on heaven's great axle and her reign with thousand lesser lights dividual holds the thousand thousand stars that then appeared spangling the hemisphere then first adorned with their bright luminaries that set and rose glad evening and glad morn crowned the fourth day and god said let the waters generate reptile with spawn abundant living soul and let fowl fly above the earth, with wings displayed on the open firmament of heaven. And God created the great whales, and each soul living, each that crept, which plenteously the waters generated by their kinds, and every bird of wing after his kind, and saw that it was good, and blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and in the seas and lakes and running streams the waters fill and let the fowl be multiplied on the earth. Forthwith the sounds and seas, 
each creek and bay with fry innumerable swarm, and shoals of fish that with their fins and shining scales glide under the green wave, in skulls that oft bank the mid-sea. Part single or with mate graze the seaweed their pasture, and through groves of coral stray, or sporting with quick glance show to the sun their waved coats dropped with gold, or in their pearly shells at ease attend moist nutriment, or under rocks their food in jointed armour watch. On smooth the seal and bended dolphins play, part huge of bulk, wallowing, unwieldy, enormous in their gait, tempest the ocean. There Leviathan, hugest of living creatures, on the deep stretched like a promontory sleeps or swims, and seems a moving land, and at his gills draws in, and at his trunk spouts out a sea. Meanwhile, the tepid caves and fens and shores their brood as numerous hatch, from the egg that soon bursting with kindly rupture forth disclosed their callow young. But feathered soon, and fledged, they summed their pens, and soaring there sublime with clang despised the ground under a cloud in prospect. There the eagle and stork on cliffs and cedar tops their aries build, part loosely wing the region, part more wise in common, ranged in figure wedge their way, intelligent of seasons, and set forth their airy caravan high over seas flying, and over lands with mutual wing easing their flight. So steers the prudent crane, her annual voyage, borne on winds. The air floats as they pass, fanned with unnumbered plumes. From branch to branch the smaller birds with song solace the woods, and spread their painted wings till even. Nor then the solemn nightingale ceased warbling, but all night, tuned her soft lays. Others on silver lakes and rivers bathed their downy breast. The swan with arched neck between her white wings mantling proudly rose her state with oary feet. Yet oft they quit the dank, and rising on stiff pennons tower the mid-aerial sky. Others on ground walk firm. The crested cock, whose clarion sounds the silent hours, and other whose gay train adorns him, colored with the florid hue of rainbows and starry eyes. The waters thus with fish replenished, and the air with fowl, evening and morn solemnized the fifth day. The sixth, and of creation last, arose with evening harps and matin, when God said, Let the earth bring forth fowl living in her kind, Cattle and creeping things, and beast of dearth, each in their kind. The earth obeyed, and straight opening her fertile womb, teemed at a birth in numerous living creatures, perfect forms, limbed and full-grown. Out of the ground uprose, as from his lair, the wild beast where he wons in forest wild, in thicket, brake, or den. Among the trees in pairs they rose, they walked. The cattle in the fields and meadows green, those rare and solitary, these in flocks, pasturing at once, and in broad herds upsprung, the grassy clods now calved, 
Now half appeared the tawny lion, pawing to get free his hinder parts, then springs as broke from bonds, and rampant shakes his brinded mane. The ounce, the libbard, and the tiger, as the mole rising, the crumbled earth above them threw in hillocks. The swift stag from underground bore up his branching head. Scarce from his mould behemoth, biggest born of earth, upheaved his vastness. Fleece the flocks and bleating rose as plants. Ambiguous between sea and land, the river horse and scaly crocodile. At once came forth whatever creeps the ground, insect or worm. Those waved their limber fans for wings, and smallest liniments exact, in all the liveries decked of summer's pride, with spots of gold and purple, azure and green. These, as a line, their long dimensions drew, streaking the ground with sinuous trace. Not all minims of nature, some of serpent kind, wondrous in length and corpulence, involved their snaky folds and added wings. First crept the parsimonious Emmet, provident of future, in small room, large heart enclosed, pattern of just equality perhaps hereafter, joined in her popular tribes of commonalty. Swarming next appeared the female bee that feeds her husband drone deliciously, and builds her waxen cells with honey stored. The rest are numberless, and thou their natures know'st, and gavest them names needless to thee repeated nor unknown the serpent subtlest beast of all the field of huge extent sometimes with brazen eyes and hairy mane terrific though to thee not noxious but obedient at thy call now heaven in all her glory shone and rolled her motions as the great first mover's hand first wheeled their course earth in her rich attire consummate lovely smiled air water earth by fowl fish beast was flown was swum was walked frequent and of the sixth day yet remained there wanted yet the masterwork the end of all yet done a creature who not prone and brute as other creatures but endued with sanctity of reason might erect his stature and upright with front serene govern the rest self-knowing and from thence magnanimous to correspond with heaven but grateful to acknowledge whence his good descends thither with heart and voice and eyes directed in devotion to adore and worship god supreme who made him chief of all his works therefore the omnipotent eternal father for where is not he present, thus to his son audibly spake. Let us make now man in our image, man in our similitude, and let them rule over the fish and fowl of sea and air, beast of the field, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps the ground. This said, he formed the Adam, thee, O man, dust of the ground, and in thy nostrils breathed the breath of life. In his own image he created thee, in the image of God express, and thou becamest a living soul. Male he created thee, but thy consort female for race, then blessed mankind and said, 
be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, subdue it, and throughout dominion hold over fish of the sea and fowl of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. Wherever thus created, for no place is yet distinct by name, thence, as thou knowst, he brought thee into this delicious grove, this garden, planted with the trees of God, delectable both to behold and taste, and freely all their pleasant fruit for food gave thee. All sorts are here, that all the earth yields, variety without end. But of the tree which tasted works knowledge of good and evil, thou mayst not. In the day thou eatst, thou diest. Death is the penalty imposed. Beware, and govern well thy appetite, lest sin surprise thee and her black attendant, death. Here finished he, and all that he had made viewed, and behold, all was entirely good. So even and morn accomplished the sixth day. Yet not till the Creator, from his work desisting, though unwearied, up returned up to the heaven of heavens his high abode, thence to behold this new created world, the addition of his empire, how it showed in prospect from his throne, how good, how fair, answering his great idea. Up he rode, followed with acclamation, and the sound symphonious of ten thousand harps that tuned angelic harmonies. The earth, the air resounded, Thou rememberst, for thou heardst, the heavens and all the constellations rung, the planets in their stations listening stood, while the bright pomp ascended jubilant. Open, ye everlasting gates, they sung. Open, ye heavens, your living doors. Let in the great Creator from his work returned magnificent, his six days' work a world. Open! and henceforth oft, for God will deign to visit oft the dwellings of just men, delighted, and with frequent intercourse thither will send his winged messengers on errands of supernal grace. So sung the glorious train ascending. He, through heaven, that opened wide her blazing portals, led to God's eternal house direct the way. A broad and ample road, whose dust is gold and pavement stars, as stars to thee appear, seen in the galaxy, that milky way which nightly, as a circling zone, thou seest powdered with stars. And now on earth the seventh evening arose in Eden, for the sun was set, and twilight from the east came on for running night, when at the holy mount of heaven's high-seated top, the imperial throne of Godhead, fixed forever firm and sure, the filial power arrived, and sate him down with his great father, for he also went invisible, yet stayed, such privilege hath on the presence, and the work ordained, author and end of all things, and from work now resting, blessed and hallowed the seventh day as resting on that day from all his work. But not in silence wholly kept. The harp had work and rested not, the solemn pipe and dulcimer, all organs of sweet stop, 
all sounds on fret by string or golden wire tempered soft tunings intermixed with voice choral or unison of incense clouds fuming from golden censers hid the mount creation and the six days acts they sung great are thy works jehovah infinite thy power what thought can measure thee or tongue relate thee greater now in thy return than from the giant angels thee that day thy thunders magnified but to create is greater than created to destroy who can impair thee mighty king or bound thy empire easily the proud attempt of spirits apostate and their counsels vain thou hast repelled while impiously they thought thee to diminish and from thee withdraw the number of thy worshippers who seeks to lessen thee against his purpose serves to manifest the more thy might his evil thou usest and from thence createst more good witness this new-made world another heaven from heaven gate not far founded in view on the clear hyaline the glassy sea of amplitude almost immense with stars numerous and every star perhaps a world of destined habitation but thou knowest their seasons among these the seat of men earth with her nether ocean circumfused their pleasant dwelling-place thrice happy men and sons of men whom god hath thus advanced created in his image there to dwell and worship him and in reward to rule over his works on earth in sea or air and multiply a race of worshippers holy and just thrice happy if they know their happiness and persevere upright so sung they and the empyrean rung with hallelujahs thus was sabbath kept and thy request think now fulfilled that asked how first this world and face of things began and what before thy memory was done from the beginning that posterity informed by thee might know if else thou seekst aught not surpassing human measure say notes line four fifty one bentley's emendation of soul for fowl should be noted see genesis one thirty a v margin line five sixty three stations station in sixteen seventy four the end of the seventh book recording by thomas copeland Book Eight of Paradise Lost, Second Edition by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book Eight, The Argument. Adam inquires concerning celestial motions, is doubtfully answered and exhorted to search rather things more worthy of knowledge. Adam assents and, still desirous to detain Raphael, relates to him what he remembered since his own creation his placing in paradise his talk with god concerning solitude and fit society his first meeting and nuptials with eve his discourse with the angel thereupon who 
after admonitions repeated, departs. The angel ended, and in Adam's ear so charming left his voice that he a while thought him still speaking, still stood fixed to hear. Then, as new waked, thus gratefully replied, what thanks sufficient or what recompense equal have I to render thee, divine historian, who thus largely hast allayed the thirst I had of knowledge, and vouchsafed this friendly condescension to relate things else by me unsearchable, now heard with wonder a delight, and, as is due, with glory attributed to the high creator. Something yet of doubt remains, which only thy solution can resolve, when I behold this goodly frame, this world of heaven and earth consisting, and compute their magnitudes, this earth a spot, a grain, an atom, with the firmament compared, and all her numbered stars, that seem to roll spaces incomprehensible, for such the distance argues, and the swift return diurnal, merely to officiate light, round this opacous earth, this punctual spot, one day and night, in all their vast survey useless besides? Reasoning I oft admire how nature, wise and frugal, could commit such disproportions, with superfluous hand, so many nobler bodies to create, greater so manifold, to this one use, brought appears, and on their orbs impose such restless revolution, day by day repeated, while the sedentary earth, that better might with far less compass move, served by more noble than herself, attains her end without least motion, and receives as tribute such a sumless journey brought of incorporeal speed for warmth and light, speed to describe whose swiftness number fails. So spake our sire, and by his countenance seemed entering on studious thoughts abstruse, which Eve perceiving where she sat retired in sight, with lowliness majestic from her seat, and grace that one who saw to wish her stay, rose, and went forth among her fruits and flowers, to visit how they prospered, bud and bloom, her nursery. They at her coming sprung, and touched by her fair tendance, gladlier grew. Yet when she not as not with such discourse delighted, or not capable her ear of what was high, such pleasure she reserved, Adam relating, she sole auditress. Her husband the relator she preferred before the angel, and of him to ask chose rather. He, she knew, would intermix grateful digressions, and solve high dispute with Conjugal caresses from his lip, not words alone pleased her. Oh, when meet now such pairs in love and mutual honour joined? With goddess-like demeanour forth she went, not unattended, for on her as queen a pomp of winning graces waited still, and from about her shot darts of desire into all eyes to wish her still in sight. And Raphael, now to Adam's doubt proposed, benevolent and facile, thus replied, To ask or search I blame thee not, for heaven is as the book of God before thee set, wherein to read his wondrous works, and learn his seasons, hours, or days, or months, or years. This 
to attain whether heaven move or earth imports not if thou reckon right the rest from man or angel the great architect did wisely to conceal and not divulge his secrets to be scanned by them who ought rather admire or if they list to try conjecture he his fabric of the heavens hath left to the disputes perhaps to move his laughter at their quaint opinions wide hereafter when they come to model heaven and calculate the stars how they will wield the mighty frame how build unbuild contrive to save appearances how gird the sphere with centric and eccentric scribbled ore cycle and epicycle orb in orb already by thy reasoning this i guess who art to lead thy offspring and supposest that bodies bright and greater should not serve the less not bright nor heaven such journeys run earth sitting still when she alone receives the benefit consider first that great or bright infers not excellence the earth though in comparison of heaven so small nor glistering may of solid good contain more plenty than the sun that barren shines whose virtue on itself works no effect but in the fruitful earth there first received his beams unactive else the vigour find yet not to earth are those bright luminaries officious but to thee earth's habitant and for the heaven's wide circuit let it speak the maker's high magnificence who built so spacious and his line stretched out so far that man may know he dwells not in his own an edifice too large for him to fill lodged in a small partition and the rest ordained for uses to his lord best known the swiftness of those circles attribute though numberless to his omnipotence that to corporeal substances could add speed almost spiritual me thou think'st not slow who since the morning hour set out from heaven where god resides and ere midday arrived in eden distance inexpressible by numbers that have name but this i urge admitting motion in the heavens to show invalid that which thee to doubt it move not that i so affirm though so it seem to thee who hast thy dwelling here on earth god to remove his ways from human sense placed heaven from earth so far that earthly sight if it presume might err in things too high and no advantage gain what if the sun be centred to the world and other stars by his attractive virtue and their own incited dance about him various rounds the wandering course now high now low then hid progressive retrograde or standing still in six thou seest and what if seventh to these the planet earth so steadfast though she seem insensibly three different motions move which else to several spheres thou must describe moved contrary with thwart obliquities or save the sun his labour and that swift nocturnal and diurnal rom supposed invisible else above all stars the wheel of day and night which needs not thy belief if earth industrious of herself fetch day travelling east and 
with her part averse from the sun's beam meet night her other part still luminous by his ray what if that light sent from her through the wide transpicuous air to the terrestrial moon be as a star enlightening her by day as she by night this earth reciprocal if land be there fields and inhabitants her spots thou seest as clouds and clouds may rain and rain produce fruits in her softened soil for some to eat allotted there and other suns perhaps with their attendant moons thou wilt descry communicating male and female light which two great sexes animate the world stored in each orb perhaps with some that live for such vast room in nature unpossessed by living soul desert and desolate only to shine yet scarce to contribute each orb a glimpse of light conveyed so far down to this habitable which returns light back to them is obvious to dispute but whether thus these things or whether not whether the sun predominant in heaven rise on the earth or earth rise on the sun he from the east his flaming road begin or she from west her silent course advance with inoffensive pace that spinning sleeps on her soft axle while she paces even and bears thee soft with the smooth air along solicit not thy thoughts with matters hid leave them to god above him serve and fear of other creatures as him pleases best wherever placed let him dispose joy thou in what he gives to thee this paradise and thy fair eve heaven is for thee too high to know what passes there be lowly wise think only what concerns thee and thy being dream not of other worlds what creatures there live in what state condition or degree contented that thus far have been revealed not of earth only but of highest heaven to whom thus adam cleared of doubt replied how fully hast thou satisfied me pure intelligence of heaven angel serene and freed from intricacies taught to live the easiest way nor with perplexing thoughts to interrupt the sweet of life from which god hath bid dwell far off all anxious cares and not molest us unless we ourselves seek them with wandering thoughts and notions vague but apt the mind or fancy is to rove unchecked and of her roving is no end till warned or by experience taught she learn that not to know at large of things remote from use obscure and subtle but to know that which before us lies in daily life is the prime wisdom what is more is fume or emptiness or fond impertinence and renders us in things that most concern unpractised unprepared and still to seek therefore from this high pitch let us descend a lower flight and speak of things at hand useful whence haply mention may arise of something not unseasonable to ask by sufferance and thy wanted favour deigned thee i have heard relating what was done ere my remembrance 
Now hear me relate my story, Which perhaps thou hast not heard, And day is yet not spent. Till then thou seest how subtly To detain thee I devise, Inviting thee to hear while I relate, Fond were it not in hope of thy reply. For while I sit with thee I seem in heaven, And sweeter thy discourses to my ear Than fruits of palm-tree pleasantest To thirst and hunger both, From labour at the hour of sweet repast. They satiate and soon fill, though pleasant, But thy words with grace divine imbued Bring to their sweetness no satiety. To whom thus Raphael answered, Heavenly meek, Nor are thy lips ungraceful, sire of men, Nor tongue ineloquent, For God on thee abundantly his gifts hath also poured, Inward and outward both, his image fair. Speaking or mute, all comeliness and grace attends thee, And each word, each motion forms. Nor less think we in heaven of thee on earth than of our fellow-servant, And inquire gladly into the ways of God with man. For God we see hath honoured thee, And set on man his equal love. Say therefore on, for I that day was absent as befell, Bound on a voyage uncouth and obscure, Far an excursion toward the gates of hell, Squared in full legion, such command we had, To see that none thence issued forth a spy or enemy While God was in his work, Lest he, incensed at such eruption bold, Destruction with creation might have mixed. Not that they durst without his leave attempt, But us he sends upon his high behests for state, As sovereign king, and to inure our prompt obedience. Fast we found, fast shut the dismal gates, And barricadoed strong. But long ere our approaching, Heard within noise other than the sound of dance or song, Torment and loud lament and furious rage. Glad we returned up to the coasts of light Ere Sabbath evening, so we had in charge. But thy relation now, for I attend, Pleased with thy words no less than thou with mine, so spake the godlike power, and thus our sire. For man to tell how human life began is hard, For who himself beginning knew? Desire with thee still longer to converse induced me. As new waked from soundest sleep, Soft on the flowery herb I found me laid in balmy sweat, Which with his beams the sun soon dried, And on the reeking moisture fed. Straight toward heaven, my wondering eyes I turned And gazed a while the ample sky, Till raised by quick instinctive motion, Up I sprung, as thitherward endeavouring, And upright stood on my feet. About me round I saw hill, dale, And shady woods and sunny plains, And liquid laps of murmuring streams. By these... Creatures that lived and moved and walked or flew, Birds on the branches warbling. All things smiled, with fragrance and with joy My heart o'erflowed. Myself I then perused, and limb by limb surveyed, And sometimes went and sometimes ran With supple joints as lively vigour led. But who I was or where or from what cause knew not. 
to speak i tried and forthwith spake my tongue obeyed and readily could name whate'er i saw thou son said i fair light and thou enlightened earth so fresh and gay ye hills and dales ye rivers woods and plains and ye that live and move fair creatures tell tell if he saw how came i thus how here not of myself by some great maker then in goodness and in power preeminent tell me how may i know him how adore from whom i have that thus i move and live and feel that i am happier than i know while thus i called and strayed i knew not whither from where i first drew air and first beheld this happy light when answer none returned on a green shady bank profuse of flowers pensive i sate me down there gentle sleep first bound me and with soft oppression seized my drowsed sense untroubled though i thought i then was passing to my former state insensible and forthwith to dissolve when suddenly stood at my head a dream whose inward apparition gently moved my fancy to believe i yet had being and lived one came with thought of shape divine and said thy mansion wants thee adam rise first man of men innumerable ordained first father called by thee i come thy guide to the garden of bliss thy seat prepared so saying by the hand he took me raised and over fields and waters as in air smooth sliding without step last led me up a woody mountain whose high top was plain a circuit wide enclosed with goodliest trees planted with walks and bowers that what i saw of earth before scarce pleasant seemed each tree loaden with fairest fruit that hung to the eye tempting stirred in me sudden appetite to pluck and eat whereat i waked and found before mine eyes all real as the dream had lively shadowed here had new begun my wandering had not he who was my guide up hither from among the trees appeared presence divine rejoicing but with awe in adoration at his feet i fell submiss he reared me and whom thou saw'st i am said mildly author of all this thou seest above or round about thee or beneath this paradise i give thee count it thine to till and keep and of the fruit to eat of every tree that in the garden grows eat freely with glad heart fear here no dearth but of the tree whose operation brings knowledge of good and ill which i have set the pledge of thy obedience and thy faith amid the garden by the tree of life remember what i warn thee shun to taste and shun the bitter consequence for no the day thou eat'st thereof my sole command transgressed inevitably thou shalt die from that day mortal and this happy state shalt lose expelled from hence into a world of woe and sorrow 
Sternly he pronounced the rigid interdiction Which resounds yet dreadful in mine ear, Though in my choice not to incur. But soon his clear aspect returned, And gracious purpose thus renewed. Not only these fair bounds, but all the earth To thee and to thy race I give, As lords possess it, and all things that therein live, Or live in sea or air, beast, fish, and fowl, In sign whereof each bird and beast Behold after their kinds. I bring them to receive from thee their names, And pay thee fealty with low subjection. Understand the same of fish, Within their watery residence, Not hither summoned, since they cannot change their element, To draw the thinner air. As thus he spake, each bird and beast behold, Approaching two and two, These cowering low with blandishment, Each bird stooped on his wing. I named them as they passed, And understood their nature, With such knowledge God endued my sudden apprehension. But in these I found not what methought I wanted still, And to the heavenly vision thus presumed. Oh, by what name? For thou, above all these, above mankind, or aught than mankind higher, surpassest far my naming. How may I adore thee, author of this universe, and all this good to man, for whose well-being so amply and with hands so liberal thou hast provided all things? But with me I see not who partakes. In solitude, what happiness? Who can enjoy alone? or all enjoying what contentment find. Thus I presumptuous, and the vision bright, as with a smile more brightened, thus replied, What callst thou solitude? Is not the earth with various living creatures, and the air replenished? And all these at thy command to come and play before thee? Knowst thou not their language and their ways? They also know and reason not contemptibly. With these find pastime and bear rule, thy realm is large. So spake the universal Lord, and seemed so ordering. I, with leave of speech implored, and humble deprecation, thus replied, Let not my words offend thee, heavenly power, my maker. Be propitious while I speak. Hast thou not made me here thy substitute, And these inferior far beneath me set? Among unequals, what society can soar, What harmony or true delight, Which must be mutual, in proportion due, Given and received, but in disparity, The one intense, the other still remiss, Cannot well suit with either but soon proved tedious alike. Of fellowship I speak such as I seek, fit to participate all rational delight, wherein the brute cannot be human consort. They rejoice each with their kind, lion with lioness. So fitly them in pairs thou hast combined, much less can bird with beast, or fish with fowl so well converse, nor with the ox the ape. Worse, then, can man with beast, and least of all. Whereto the Almighty answered, not displeased. 
A nice and subtle happiness I see thou to thyself proposest in the choice of thy associates, Adam, and wilt taste no pleasure, though in pleasure, solitary. What thinkst thou then of me in this my state? Seem I to thee sufficiently possessed of happiness, or not? Who am alone from all eternity? For none I know second to me, or like equal much less how have i then with whom to hold converse save with the creatures which i made and those to me inferior infinite descents beneath what other creatures are to thee he ceased i lowly answered to attain the height and depth of thy eternal ways all human thoughts come short supreme of things thou in thyself art perfect and in thee is no deficience found. Not so is man, but in degree. The cause of his desire by conversation with his like to help or solace his defects. No need that thou shouldst propagate already infinite, and through all numbers absolute though one. But man by number is to manifest his single imperfection and beget like of his like, his image multiplied, in unity defective, which requires collateral love and dearest amity. Thou in thy secrecy, although alone, best with thyself accompanied, seek'st not social communication, yet so pleased canst raise thy creature to what height thou wilt of union or communion, deified. I, by conversing, cannot these erect from prone, nor in their ways complacence find. Thus I emboldened spake, and freedom used permissive, and acceptance found, which gained this answer from the gracious voice divine. Thus far to try thee, Adam, I was pleased, and find thee knowing not of beasts alone, which thou hast rightly named, but of thyself, expressing well the spirit within thee, free. My image, not imparted to the brute, whose fellowship, therefore, unmeet for thee, good reason was thou freely shouldst dislike, and be so minded still. I, ere thou spakest, knew it not good for man to be alone, and no such company as then thou saw'st intended thee, for trial only brought, to see how thou couldst judge of fit and meet. What next I bring shall please thee, be assured, Thy likeness, thy fit help, thy other self, Thy wish, exactly to thy heart's desire. He ended, or I heard no more, For now my earthly by his heavenly overpowered, Which it had long stood under, Strained to the height in that celestial colloquy sublime, as with an object that excels the sense, dazzled and spent, sunk down, and sought repair of sleep, which instantly fell on me, called by nature as in aid, and closed mine eyes. Mine eyes he closed, but open left the cell of fancy, my internal sight, by which abstract as in a trance methought I saw, though sleeping, where I lay, and saw the shape still glorious, before whom awake I stood, who, stooping, opened my left side, and took from thence a rib, 
with cordial spirits warm and life-blood streaming fresh wide was the wound but suddenly with flesh filled up and healed the rib he formed and fashioned with his hands under his forming hands a creature grew manlike but different sex so lovely fair that what seemed fair in all the world seemed now mean or in her summed up in her contained and in her looks which from that time infused sweetness into my heart unfelt before and into all things from her air inspired the spirit of love and amorous delight she disappeared and left me dark i waked to find her or for ever to deplore her loss and other pleasures all abjure when out of hope behold her not far off such as i saw her in my dream adorned with what all earth or heaven could bestow to make her amiable on she came led by her heavenly maker though unseen and guided by his voice nor uninformed of nuptial sanctity and marriage rites grace was in all her steps heaven in her eye in every gesture dignity and love i overjoyed could not forbear aloud this turn hath made amends thou hast fulfilled thy words creator bounteous and benign giver of all things fair but fairest this of all thy gifts nor envious i now see bone of my bone flesh of my flesh myself before me woman is her name of man extracted for this cause he shall forgo father and mother and to his wife adhere and they shall be one flesh one heart one soul she heard me thus and though divinely brought yet innocence and virgin modesty her virtue and the conscience of her worth that would be wooed and not unsought be won not obvious not obtrusive but retired the more desirable for to say all nature herself though pure of sinful thought wrought in her so that seeing me she turned i followed her she what was honour knew and with obsequious majesty approved my pleaded reason to the nuptial bower i led her blushing like the morn all heaven and happy constellations on that hour shed their selectest influence the earth gave sign of gratulation and each hill joyous the birds fresh gales and gentle airs whispered it to the woods and from their wings flung rose flung odours from the spicy shrub disporting till the amorous bird of night sung spousal and bid haste the evening star on his hilltop to light the bridal lamp thus have i told thee all my state and brought my story to the sum of earthly bliss which i enjoy and must confess to find in all things else delight indeed but such as used or not works in the mind no change nor vehement desire these delicacies i mean of taste sight smell herbs fruits and flowers walks and the melody of birds but here far otherwise transported i behold transported touch here passion first i felt commotion strange 
in all enjoyments else, superior and unmoved, here only weak against the charm of beauty's powerful glance. Or nature failed in me, and left some part not proof enough such object to sustain, or from my side subducting took, perhaps, more than enough. At least, on her bestowed too much of ornament, in outward show elaborate, of inward less exact. For well I understand, in the prime end of nature, her inferior, in the mind and inward faculties, which most excel. In outward also her resembling less his image who made both, and less expressing the character of that dominion given or other creatures. Yet, when I approach her loveliness, so absolute she seems, and in herself complete, so well to know her own, that what she wills to do or say seems wisest, virtuousest, discreetest, best. All higher knowledge in her presence falls degraded. Wisdom, in discourse with her, loses discountenanced, and like folly shows. Authority and reason on her weight as one intended first, not after made occasionally, and to consummate all, greatness of mind and nobleness their seat build in her loveliest, and create an awe about her as a guard angelic placed. To whom the angel with contracted brow, Accuse not nature, she hath done her part, do thou but thine and be not diffident of wisdom, she deserts thee not, if thou dismiss not her when most thou needst her nigh, by attributing overmuch to things less excellent, as thou thyself perceivest. For what admirest thou, what transports thee so? An outside? Fair, no doubt, and worthy well, thy cherishing, thy honouring, and thy love, not thy subjection. Weigh with her thyself, then value. Oft-times nothing profits more than self-esteem Grounded on just and right well managed. Of that skill the more thou know'st, The more she will acknowledge thee her head, And to realities yield all her shows. Made so adorn, for thy delight the more, So awful, that with honour thou mayst love thy mate, Who sees when thou art seen least wise. But if the sense of touch whereby mankind is propagated seem such dear delight beyond all other, think the same vouchsafe to cattle and each beast, which would not be to them made common and divulged, if aught therein enjoyed were worthy to subdue the soul of man, or passion in him move. What higher in her society thou find'st attractive, human, rational, love still, in loving thou dost well, in passion not, wherein true love consists not. Love refines the thoughts, and heart enlarges, hath his seat in reason, and is judicious, is the scale by which to heavenly love thou mayst ascend, not sunk in carnal pleasure, for which cause among the beasts no mate for thee was found. To whom thus half abashed, Adam replied, Neither her outside formed so fair, nor aught in procreation common to all kinds, 
though higher of the genial bed by far, and with mysterious reverence I deem, so much delights me as those graceful acts, those thousand decencies that daily flow from all her words and actions, mixed with love and sweet compliance, which declare unfeigned union of mind, or in us both one soul, harmony to behold in wedded pair more grateful than harmonious sound to the ear. Yet these subject not. I to thee disclose what inward thence I feel, not therefore foiled, who meet with various objects from the sense variously representing, yet still free, approve the best, and follow what I approve. To love thou blamest me not, for love thou sayst leads up to heaven, is both the way and guide. Bear with me, then, if lawful what I ask. Love not the heavenly spirits, and how their love express they, by looks only, or do they mix irradiance, virtual or immediate touch? To whom the angel, with a smile that glowed celestial rosy red, love's proper hue, answered, Let it suffice thee that thou know'st us happy, and without love no happiness. Whatever pure thou in the body enjoyst, and pure thou wert created, we enjoy in eminence, and obstacle find none of membrane, joint, or limb, exclusive bars. Easier than air with air, if spirits embrace, total they mix, union of pure with pure desiring. Nor restrained conveyance need as flesh to mix with flesh, or soul with soul. But I can now no more, the parting sun, beyond the earth's green cape and verdant isles Hesperian, sets. My signal to depart. Be strong, live happy, and love. But first of all, him whom to love is to obey, and keep his great command. Take heed, lest passion sway thy judgment, to do aught which else free will would not admit. Thine and of all thy sons the weal or woe in thee is placed. Beware! I in thy persevering shall rejoice, and all the blessed stand fast. To stand or fall, free in thine own arbitrament it lies, perfect within, no outward aid require, and all temptation to transgress repel. So saying, he arose, whom Adam thus followed with benediction. Since to part, go, heavenly guest, ethereal messenger, sent from whose sovereign goodness I adore. Gentle to me and affable hath been thy condescension, and shall be honoured ever with grateful memory. Thou to mankind be good and friendly still, and oft return. So parted they, the angel up to heaven, from the thick shade, and Adam to his bower. Notes Lines 1 through 4 These lines were added in the second edition, 1674, when Book 7 was divided into two at line 640. Line 641 had read, To whom thus Adam gratefully replied. Line 269 As, and in 1674. The end of the eighth book.
Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book Nine of Paradise Lost, Second Edition by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Paradise Lost, Book Nine, The Argument. Satan, having compassed the earth, with meditated guile, returns as a mist by night into paradise, enters into the serpent sleeping. Adam and Eve in the morning go forth to the labors, which Eve proposes to divide in several places, each laboring apart. Adam consents not, alleging the danger, lest that enemy of whom they were forewarned should attempt her found alone. Eve, loath to be thought not circumspect or firm enough, urges her going apart, the rather desirous to make trial of her strength. Adam at last yields. The serpent finds her alone. His subtle approach, first gazing, then speaking with much flattery, extolling Eve above all other creatures. Eve, wondering to hear the serpent speak, asks how he attained to human speech, and such understanding not till now. The serpent answers that by tasting of a certain tree in the garden, he attained both to speech and reason, till then void of both. Eve requires him to bring her to that tree, and finds it to be the tree of knowledge forbidden. The serpent, now grown bolder, with many wiles and arguments, induces her at length to eat. She, pleased with the taste, deliberates a while whether to impart thereof to Adam or not. At last, brings him of the fruit, relates what persuaded her to eat thereof. Adam, at first amazed, but perceiving her lost, resolves, through vehemence of love, to perish with her, and, extenuating the trespass, eats also of the fruit, the effects thereof in them both. They seek to cover their nakedness, then fall to variance and accusation of one another. No more of talk where God or angel guest with man as with his friend, familiar used to sit indulgent and with him partake rural repast, permitting him the while venial discourse unblamed. I now must change those notes to tragic, foul distrust and breach disloyal on the part of man, revolt and disobedience, on the part of heaven now alienated, distance and distaste, anger and just rebuke and judgment given, that brought into this world a world of woe, sin and her shadow death and misery death's harbinger sad task yet argument not less but more heroic than the wrath of stern achilles on his foe pursued thrice fugitive about troy wall or rage of turnus for lavinia disespoused or neptune's ire or juno's that so long perplexed the greek and cytherea's son if answerable style i can obtain of my celestial patroness who deigns her nightly visitation unimplored and dictates to me slumbering or inspires easy my unpremeditated verse since first this subject for heroic song pleased me long choosing and beginning late not sedulous by nature to indict wars hitherto the only argument heroic deemed chief maestry to dissect with long and tedious habit fabled knights in battle's fame the better fortitude of patience and heroic martyrdom unsung 
or to describe races and games or tilting furniture and blazoned shields in praises quaint caparisons and steeds bases and tinsel trappings gorgeous knights at juiced and tournament then marshalled feasts served up in hall with sewers and seneschals the skill of artifice or office mean not that which justly gives heroic name to person or to poem me of these nor skilled nor studious higher argument remains sufficient of itself to raise that name unless an age too late or cold climate or years damp my intended wing depressed and much they may if all be mine not hers who brings it nightly to my ear the sun was sunk and after him the star of hesperus whose office is to bring twilight upon the earth short arbiter twixt day and night and now from end to end night's hemisphere had veiled the horizon round when satan who late fled before the threats of gabriel out of eden now improved in meditated fraud and malice bent on man's destruction moger what might hap of heavier on himself fearless returned by night he fled and at midnight returned from compassing the earth cautious of day since uriel regent of the sun descried his entrance and forewarned the cherubim that kept the watch thence full of anguish driven the space of seven continued nights he rode with darkness thrice the equinoctial line he circled four times crossed the car of night from pole to pole traversing each couleure on the eighth returned and on the coast averse from entrance or cherubic watch by stealth found unsuspected way there was a place now not though sin not time first wrought the change where tigris at the foot of paradise into a gulf shot underground till part rose up a fountain by the tree of life in with the river sunk and with it rose satan involved in rising mist then sought where to lie hid see he had searched and land from eden over pontus and the pool myotis up beyond the river ob downward as far antarctic and in length west from orontes to the ocean barred darien thence to the land where flows ganges and indus thus the orb he roamed with narrow search and with inspection deep considered every creature which of all most opportune might serve his wiles and found the serpent subtlest beast of all the field him after long debate irresolute of thoughts revolved his final sentence chose fit vessel fittest imp of fraud in whom to enter and his dark suggestions hide from sharpest sight for in the wily snake whatever slights none would suspicious mark as from his wit and native subtlety proceeding which in other beasts observed doubt might beget of diabolic power active within beyond the sense of brute thus he resolved but first from inward grief his bursting passion into plaints thus poured o oh, earth how like to heaven if not preferred more justly 
seat worthier of gods, as built with second thoughts, reforming what was old. For what god after better worse would build? Terrestrial heaven, danced round by other heavens that shine, yet bear their bright officious lamps, light above light, for thee alone, as seems, in thee concentring all their precious beams of sacred influence. As God in heaven is centre, yet extends to all, so thou, centring, receivest from all those orbs. In thee, not in themselves, all their known virtue appears, productive in herb, plant, and nobler birth of creatures animate, with gradual life of growth, sense, reason, all summed up in man. With what delight could I have walked thee round, if I could joy in aught? Sweet interchange of hill and valley, rivers, woods, and plains, now land, now sea, and shores with forest crowned, rocks, dens, and caves. But I in none of these find place or refuge, and the more I see pleasures about me, so much more I feel torment within me, as from the hateful siege of contraries. Oh, good to me becomes bane, and in heaven much worse would be my state. But neither here seek I know, nor in heaven to dwell, unless by maistering heaven supreme, nor hope to be myself less miserable by what I seek, but others to make such as I, though thereby worse to me redound. For only in destroying I find ease to my relentless thoughts, and him destroyed, or won to what may work his utter loss, for whom all this was made, all this will soon follow, as to him linked in weal or woe. In woe, then, that destruction wide may range. To me shall be the glory soul among the infernal powers, in one day to have marred what he, almighty styled, six nights and days continued making, and who knows how long before had been contriving though perhaps not longer than since I, in one night, freed from servitude inglorious, well-nigh half the angelic name, and thinner left the throng of his adorers. He, to be avenged, and to repair his numbers thus impaired, whether such virtue, spent of old, now failed, more angels to create, if they at least are his created, or to spite us more, determined to advance into our room a creature formed of earth, and him endow, exalted from so base original, with heavenly spoils, our spoils. What he decreed, he effected, man he made, and for him built magnificent this world, and earth his seat. Him Lord pronounced, and, oh, indignity! subjected to his service angel wings and flaming ministers to watch and tend the earthly charge of these the vigilance i dread and to elude thus wrapped in mist of midnight vapour glide obscure and pry in every bush and brake where hap may find the serpent sleeping 
in whose mazy folds to hide me, and the dark intent I bring. O foul descent, that I, who erst contended with gods to sit the highest, am now constrained into a beast, and, mixed with bestial slime, this essence to incarnate and imbrute, that to the height of deity aspired. But what will not ambition and revenge descend to? Who aspires must down as low as high he soared, obnoxious first or last to basest things. Revenge at first, though sweet, bitter ere long, back on itself recoils. Let it, I reck not, so it light well aimed, since higher I fall short, on him who next provokes my envy, this new favourite of heaven, this man of clay, son of despite, whom, us the more to spite, his maker raised from dust. Spite then with spite is best repaid. So saying, through each thicket dank or dry, like a black mist low creeping, he held on his midnight search, where soonest he might find the serpent. Him fast sleeping soon he found, in labyrinth of many a round self-rolled, his head the midst, well stored with subtle wiles. Not yet in horrid shade or dismal den, nor nocent yet, but on the grassy herb, fearless, unfeared, he slept. In at his mouth the devil entered, and his brutal sense in heart or head possessing, soon inspired with act intelligential, but his sleep disturbed not, waiting close the approach of morn. Now when as sacred light began to dawn in Eden on the humid flowers that breathed the morning incense, when all things that breathe from earth's great altar send up silent praise to the Creator, and his nostrils fill with grateful smell, Forth came the human pair, and joined the vocal worship to the choir of creatures' wanting voice. That done, partake the season, prime for sweetest scents and airs. Then commune how that day they best may ply their growing work. For much their work outgrew the hand's dispatch of two gardening so wide. And Eve, first to her husband, thus began. Adam, well may we labour still to dress this garden, still to tend, plant, herb, and flower, our pleasant task enjoined. But till more hands aid us, the work under our labour grows, luxurious by restraint. What we by day lop overgrown, or prune, or prop, or bind, one night or two with wanton growth derives, tending to wild. Thou therefore now advise, or hear what to my mind first thoughts present. Let us divide our labours, thou where choice leads thee, or where most needs, whether to wind the woodbine round this arbour, or direct the clasping ivy where to climb, while I, in yonder spring of roses, intermixed with myrtle, find what to redress till noon. For, while so near each other thus all day our task we choose, what wonder if so near looks intervene and smiles, or object new casual discourse draw on, which intermits our day's work brought to little, though begun early, and our supper comes unearned. 
to whom mild answer Adam thus returned. Soul Eve, associate soul, to me beyond compare, above all living creatures, dear, well hast thou motioned, well thy thoughts employed, how we might best fulfil the work which here God hath assigned us, nor of me shalt pass unpraised, for nothing lovelier can be found in woman than to study household good and good works in her husband to promote. Yet not so strictly hath our Lord imposed labour as to debar us when we need refreshment, whether food or talk between, food of the mind, or this sweet intercourse of looks and smiles, for smiles from reason flow to brute denied and are of love the food, love not the lowest end of human life. For not to irksome toil, but to delight he made us, and delight to reason joined. These paths and bowers doubt not, but our joint hands will keep from wilderness with ease, as wide as we need walk, till younger hands ere long assist us. But if much converse perhaps they satiate, to short absence I could yield, for solitude sometimes is best society, and short retirement urges sweet return. But other doubt possesses me, lest harm befall thee severed from me, for thou knowest what hath been warned us, what malicious foe, envying our happiness, and of his own despairing, seeks to work us woe and shame by sly assault and somewhere nigh at hand watches no doubt with greedy hope to find his wish and best advantage us asunder hopeless to circumvent us joined where each to other speedy aid might lend at need whether his first design be to withdraw our fealty from god or to disturb conjugal love than which perhaps no bliss enjoyed by us excites his envy more or this or worse leave not the faithful side that gave thee being still shades thee and protects the wife where danger or dishonour lurks safest and seemliest by her husband stays who guards her or with her the worst endures to whom the virgin majesty of eve as one who loves and some unkindness meets with sweet austere composure thus replied offspring of heaven and earth and all earth's lord that such an enemy we have who seeks our ruin both by thee informed i learn and from the parting angel overheard as in a shady nook i stood behind just then returned at shot of evening flowers but that thou shouldst my firmness therefore doubt to god or thee because we have a foe may tempt it i expected not to hear his violence thou fearst not being such as we not capable of death or pain can either not receive or can repel his fraud is then thy fear which plain infers thy equal fear that my firm faith and love can by his fraud be shaken or seduced thoughts which how found they harbour in thy breast adam misthought of her to thee so dear to whom with healing words adam replied daughter of god and man immortal eve for such thou art from sin and blame entire not diffident of thee do i dissuade thy absence from thy sight but to avoid the tempt itself intended by our foe for he who tempts though in vain at least 
asperses the tempted with dishonour foul, supposed not incorruptible of faith, not proof against temptation. Thou thyself with scorn and anger wouldst resent the offered wrong, though ineffectual found. Misdeem not then, if such affront I labour to avert from thee alone, which on us both at once the enemy, though bold, will hardly dare, or daring, first on me the salt shall light. Nor thou his malice and false guile contemn, subtle he needs must be who could seduce angels, nor think superfluous others' aid. I, from the influence of thy looks, receive access in every virtue, in thy sight more wise, more watchful, stronger, if need were of outward strength, while shame, thou looking on, shamed be overcome or overreached, would utmost vigour raise, and raised unite. Why shouldst not thou like sense within thee feel when I am present, and thy trial choose with me, best witness of thy virtue tried? So spake domestic Adam in his care and matrimonial love. But Eve, who thought less attributed to her faith sincere, thus her reply with accent sweet renewed. If this be our condition, thus to dwell in narrow circuits straitened by a foe subtle or violent, we not endued single with like defence wherever met, how are we happy, still in fear of harm? But harm precedes not sin. Only our foe tempting affronts us with his foul esteem of our integrity. His foul esteem sticks no dishonour on our front, but turns foul on himself. Then wherefore shunned or feared by us, who rather double honour gain from his surmise prove false, find peace within, favour from heaven, our witness from the vent? And what is faith, love, virtue? unassayed alone without exterior help sustained let us not then suspect our happy state left so imperfect by the maker wise as not secure to single or combined frail is our happiness if this be so and eden were no eden thus exposed to whom thus adam fervently replied o woman best are all things as the will of god ordained them his creating hand nothing imperfect or deficient left, of all that he created, much less man, or aught that might his happy state secure, secure from outward force. Within himself the danger lies, yet lies within his power. Against his will he can receive no harm, but God left free the will, for what obeys reason is free, and reason he made right, but bid her well beware and still erect lest by some fair appearing good surprised she dictate false and misinform the will to do what god expressly hath forbid not then mistrust but tender love enjoins that i should mind thee oft and mind thou me firm we subsist yet possible to swerve since reason not impossibly may meet some specious object by the foe suborned and fall into deception unaware not keeping strictest watch as she was warned seek not temptation then which to avoid were better and most likely if from me thou sever not trial will come unsought 
Wouldst thou approve thy constancy, approve first thy obedience. The other who can know, not seeing the attempted who attest. But if thou think trial unsought may find us both securer than thus warned thou seemst, go, for thy stay not free absents thee more. Go in thy native innocence, rely on what thou hast of virtue, summon all, for God towards thee hath done his part. Do thine. So spake the patriarch of mankind, but Eve persisted, yet submiss, though last, replied, With thy permission, then, and thus forewarned, chiefly by what thy own last reasoning words touched on thee, that our trial, when least sought, may find us both, perhaps, far less prepared. The willinger I go, nor much expect a foe, so proud will first the weaker seek. So bent, the more shall shame him his repulse. Thus saying, from her husband's hand, her hand soft she withdrew, and like a wood-nymph light, oread or dryad, or of Delia's train, betook her to the groves. But Delia's self in gate surpassed, and goddess-like deport, though not as she with bow and quiver armed, but with such gardening tools, as art, yet rude, guiltless of fire, had formed, or angels brought. To Pales or Pomona thus adorned, like as she seemed, Pomona when she fled Vertumnus, or to Ceres in her prime, yet virgin of Proserpina and Joe. Her long with ardent look his eye pursued, delighted, but desiring more her stay. Oft he to her his charge of quick return repeated, she to him as oft engaged to be returned by noon amid the bower, and all things in best order to invite noontide repast or afternoon's repose. Oh, much deceived, much failing, hapless he, of thy presumed return, event perverse. Thou never from that hour in paradise foundst either sweet repast or sound repose. Such ambush hid among sweet flowers and shades, waited with hellish rancor imminent to intercept thy way, or send thee back despoiled of innocence, of faith, of bliss. For now, and since first break of dawn, the fiend, mere serpent in appearance, forth was come, and on his quest, where likeliest he might find the only two of mankind, but in them the whole included race, his purposed prey. In bower and field he sought, where any tuft of grove or garden plot more pleasant lay, their tendance or plantation for delight by fountain or by shady rivulet. He sought them both, but wished his hap might find Eve separate. He wished, but not with hope of what so seldom chanced, when to his wish, beyond his hope, Eve separate he spies, veiled in a cloud of fragrance, where she stood half-spied, so thick the roses bushing round about her glowed, oft stooping to support each flower of slender stalk, whose head, though gay carnation, purple azure, or specked with gold, hung drooping, unsustained, them she upstays gently with myrtle band, mindless the while herself, though fairest, unsupported flower, from her best prop so far, and storm so nigh. 
nearer he drew, and many a walk traversed of stateliest cover, cedar, pine, or palm. Then, voluble and bold, now hid, now seen, among thick-woven arborets and flowers embordered on each bank, the hand of Eve. Spot more delicious than those gardens feigned, or of revived Adonis, or renowned Alcinous, host of old Laertes' son, or that not mystic where the sapient king held dalliance with his fair Egyptian spouse. Much he the place admired, the person more, as one who long in populous city pent, where houses thick and sewers annoy the air, forth issuing on a summer's morn to breathe among the pleasant villages and farms adjoined, from each thing met conceives delight, the smell of grain or tedded grass or kine or dairy, each rural sight, each rural sound. If chance with nymph-like step fair virgin pass, what pleasing seemed for her now pleases more, she most, and in her look sums all delight. Such pleasure took the serpent to behold this flowery plat, the sweet recess of Eve thus early, thus alone. Her heavenly form angelic, but more soft and feminine, her graceful innocence, her every air of gesture or least action overawed his malice, and with rapine sweet bereaved his fierceness of the fierce intent it brought. That space the evil one abstracted stood from his own evil, and for the time remained stupidly good, of enmity disarmed, of guile, of hate, of envy, of revenge. But the hot hell that always in him burns, though in mid-heaven, soon ended his delight, and tortures him now more, the more he sees of pleasure not for him ordained. Then soon fierce hate he recollects, and all his thoughts of mischief, gratulating, thus excites. Thoughts! Whither have ye led me? With what sweet compulsion thus transported to forget what hither brought us? Hate, not love, nor hope of paradise for hell, hope here to taste of pleasure, but all pleasure to destroy, save what is in destroying, other joy to me is lost. Then let me not let pass occasion which now smiles. Behold, alone, the woman, opportune to all attempts, her husband, for I view far round, not nigh, whose higher intellectual more I shun, and strength of courage haughty, and of limb heroic built, though of terrestrial mould, foe not informidable, exempt from wound, I not. So much hath hell debased, and pain enfeebled me to what I was in heaven. She, fair, divinely fair, fit love for gods, not terrible, though terror be in love and beauty, not approached by stronger hate, hate stronger under show of love well feigned, the way which to her ruin now I tend. So spake the enemy of mankind, enclosed in serpent, inmate bad, and toward Eve addressed his way, not with indented wave prone on the ground as since, but on his rear, circular base of rising folds, that towered fold above fold, a surging maze, his head crested aloft, 
and carbuncle his eyes. With burnished neck of verdant gold, erect amidst his circling spires, that on the grass floated redundant. Pleasing was his shape, and lovely, never since of serpent kind lovelier, not those that in Illyria changed Hermione and Cadmus, or the god in Epidaurus, nor to which transformed Ammonian Jove or Capitoline was seen, he with Olympias, this with her who bore Scipio, the height of Rome. With tract oblique at first, as one who sought excess, but feared to interrupt, sidelong he works his way. As when a ship by skilful steersman wrought nigh river's mouth or foreland, where the wind veers oft, as oft so steers and shifts her sail, so varied he, and of his tortuous train curled many a wanton wreath in sight of Eve to lure her eye. She, busied, heard the sound of rustling leaves, but minded not, as used to such disport before her through the field, from every beast, more duteous at her call than at Circean call the herd disguised. He, bolder now, uncalled, before her stood, but as in gaze, admiring. Oft he bowed his turret crest and sleek enameled neck, fawning, and licked the ground whereon she trod. His gentle, dumb expression turned at length the eye of Eve to mark his play. He, glad of her attention, gained, with serpent-tongue organic, or impulse of vocal air, his fraudulent temptation thus began. Wonder not, sovereign mistress, if perhaps thou canst, who art so wonder, much less arm thy looks the heaven of mildness with disdain, displeased that I approach thee thus, and gaze insatiate, I thus single, nor have feared thy awful brow, more awful thus retired. Fairest resemblance of thy maker fair, thee all things living gaze on, all things thine by gift, and thy celestial beauty adore with ravishment beheld, their best beheld where universally admired. But here, in this enclosure wild, these beasts among beholders rude, and shallow to discern half what in thee is fair, one man except, who sees thee, and what is one, who shouldst be seen a goddess among gods, adored and served by angels numberless, thy daily train. So glows the tempter, and his proem tuned, into the heart of Eve his words made way, though at the voice much marvelling. At length, not unamazed, she thus in answer spake. What may this mean? Language of man pronounced by tongue of brute, and human sense expressed? The first at least of these I thought denied to beasts, whom God on the creation day created mute to all articulate sound. The latter I demur, for in their looks much reason, and in their actions oft appears. Thee, serpent, subtlest beast of all the field I knew, but not with human voice endued. Redouble then this miracle, and say, how camest thou speakable of mute, and how to me so friendly grown above the rest of brutal kind, that daily are in sight? Say, for such wonder claims attention due. 
to whom the guileful tempter thus replied empress of this fair world resplendent eve easy to me it is to tell thee all what thou commandst and right thou shouldst be obeyed i was at first as other beasts that graze the trodden herb of abject thoughts and low as was my food nor aught but food discerned for sex and apprehended nothing high till on a day roving the field i chanced a goodly tree far distant to behold loaden with fruit of fairest colours mixed ruddy and gold i nearer drew to gaze when from the boughs a savoury odour blown grateful to appetite more pleased my sense than smell of sweetest fennel or the teats of ewe or goat dropping with milk at even unsucked of lamb or kid that tend their play to satisfy the sharp desire i had of tasting those fair apples i resolved not to defer hunger and thirst at once powerful persuaders quickened at the scent of that alluring fruit urged me so keen about the mossy trunk i wound me soon for high from ground the branches would require thy utmost reach or atoms round the tree all other beasts that saw with like desire longing and envying stood but could not reach amid the tree now got where plenty hung tempting so nigh to pluck and eat my fill i spared not for such pleasure till that hour at feed or fountain never had i found sated at length ere long i might perceive strange alteration in me to degree of reason in my inward powers and speech wanted not long though to this shape retained thenceforth to speculations high or deep i turned my thoughts and with capacious mind considered all things visible in heaven or earth or middle all things fair and good but all that fair and good in thy divine semblance and in thy beauty's heavenly ray united i beheld no fair to thine equivalent or second which compelled me thus though importune perhaps to come and gaze and worship thee of right declared sovereign of creatures universal dame so talked the spirited sly snake and eve yet more amazed unwary thus replied serpent thy overpraising leaves in doubt the virtue of that fruit in thee first proved but say where grows the tree from hence how far for many are the trees of god that grow in paradise and various yet unknown to us in such abundance lies our choice as leaves a greater store of fruit untouched still hanging incorruptible till men grow up to their provision and more hands help to disburden nature of her birth to whom the wily adder blithe and glad empress the way is ready and not long beyond a row of myrtles on a flat fast by a fountain one small thicket past of blowing myrrh and balm if thou accept my conduct i can bring thee thither soon lead then said eve he leading swiftly rolled in tangles and made intricate seem straight to mischief swift hope elevates and joy brightens his crest as when a wandering fire compact of unctuous vapour 
which the night condenses and the cold environs round, kindled through agitation to a flame, which oft they say some evil spirit attends, hovering and blazing with delusive light, misleads the mazed night-wanderer from his way to bogs and mires, and oft through pond or pool, there swallowed up and lost from supper far. So glistered the dire snake, and into fraud led Eve, our credulous mother, to the tree of prohibition, root of all our woe. Which, when she saw, thus to her guide she spake, Serpent, we might have spared our coming hither, fruitless to me, though fruit be here to excess, the credit of whose virtue rest with thee, wondrous indeed if cause of such effects, but of this tree we may not taste nor touch. God so commanded, and left that command sole daughter of his voice. The rest we live law to ourselves, our reason is our law, to whom the tempter guilefully replied, Indeed? Hath God then said that of the fruit of all these garden trees ye shall not eat? Yet lords declared of all in earth or air? To whom thus Eve, yet sinless, Of the fruit of each tree in the garden we may eat, But of the fruit of this fair tree amidst the garden God hath said, Ye shall not eat thereof, nor shall ye touch it, lest ye die. She scarce had said, though brief, when now more bold the tempter, but with show of zeal and love to man, and indignation at his wrong, new part puts on, and, as to passion moved, fluctuates disturbed, yet comely, and in act raised as of some great matter to begin, as when of old some orator renowned in Athens or free Rome, where eloquence flourished, since mute, to some great cause addressed, stood in himself collected, while each part, motion, each act, won audience ere the tongue, sometimes in height began, as no delay or preface brooking through his zeal of right. So standing, moving, and to height upgrown, the tempter all impassioned thus began. O sacred, wise, and wisdom-giving plant, mother of science, now I feel thy power within me clear, not only to discern things in their causes, but to trace the ways of highest agents, deemed however wise. Queen of this universe, do not believe those rigid threats of death. Ye shall not die. How should ye? By the fruit? It gives you life to knowledge. By the threatener? Look at me. Me, who have touched and tasted, yet both live and life more perfect have attained than fate meant me by venturing higher than my lot. Shall that be shut to man which to the beast is open? Or will God incense his ire for such a petty trespass, and not praise rather your dauntless virtue, whom the pain of death denounced, whatever thing death be? Deterred not from achieving what might lead to happier life, Knowledge of good and evil. Of good, how just. Of evil, if what is evil be real, Why not known, since easier shunned? God therefore cannot hurt ye and be just. Not just, not God, not feared then nor obeyed. 
though fear itself of death removes the fear. Why then was this forbid? Why but to awe, why but to keep ye low and ignorant his worshippers? He knows that in the day ye eat thereof your eyes, that seem so clear, yet are but dim, shall perfectly be then opened and cleared, and ye shall be as gods, knowing both good and evil as they know. That ye should be as gods, since I as man, internal man, is but proportion meet, I a brute human, ye of human gods. So ye shall die, perhaps, by putting off human to put on gods, death to be wished, though threatened, which no worse than this can bring. And what are gods that men may not become as they, participating godlike food? The gods are first, and that advantage use on our belief that all from them proceeds. I question it. For this fair earth I see warmed by the sun, producing every kind, them nothing. If they all things, who enclosed knowledge of good and evil in this tree, that whoso eats thereof forthwith attains wisdom without their leave? And wherein lies the fence that man should thus attain to know? What can your knowledge hurt him or this tree impart against his will, if all be his? Or is it envy? And can envy dwell in heavenly breasts? These, these and many more causes import your need of this fair fruit. Goddess humane, reach them, and freely taste. He ended, and his words, replete with guile, into her heart too easy entrance won. Fixed on the fruit she gazed which to behold might tempt alone, and in her ears the sound yet rung of his persuasive words, imprained with reason to her seeming, and with truth. Meanwhile the hour of noon drew on, and waked an eager appetite, raised by the smell so savoury of that fruit, which with desire inclinable now grown to touch or taste, solicited her longing eye. Yet, First, pausing a while, thus to herself she mused. Great are thy virtues, doubtless best of fruits, though kept for man, and worthy to be admired, whose taste, too long forborne, at first essay gave elocution to the mute, and taught the tongue not made for speech to speak thy praise. Thy praise he also, who forbids thy use, conceals not from us, naming thee the tree of knowledge, knowledge both of good and evil, forbids us then to taste. But his forbidding commends thee more, while it infers the good by thee communicated, and our want. For good unknown sure is not had, or had and yet unknown is has not had at all. In plain, then, what forbids he but to know? Forbids us good, forbids us to be wise. Such prohibitions bind not. But if death binds us with afterbands, what profits then our inward freedom? 
In the day we eat of this fair fruit, our doom is we shall die. How dies the serpent? He hath eaten and lives, and knows and speaks and reasons and discerns, irrational till then. For us alone was death invented? Or to us denied this intellectual food for beasts reserved? For beasts, it seems. Yet that one beast which first hath tasted envies not, but brings with joy the good befallen him. Author unsuspect, friendly to man, far from deceit or guile. What fear I then? Rather, what know to fear under this ignorance of good and evil? of God or death, of law or penalty. Here grows the cure of all, this fruit divine, fair to the eye, inviting to the taste, of virtue to make wise. What hinders then to reach and feed at once both body and mind? So saying, her rash hand in evil hour, forth reaching to the fruit, she plucked, she ate. Earth felt the wound, and nature from her seat, sighing through all her works, gave signs of woe, that all was lost. Back to the thicket slunk the guilty serpent, and well might, for Eve, intent now wholly on her taste, naught else regarded, such delight till then as seemed in fruit she never tasted, whether true or fancied so, through expectation high of knowledge, nor was Godhead from her thought. Greedily she engorged without restraint, and knew not eating death. Satiate at length, and heightened thus with wine, jocund and boon, thus to herself she pleasingly began. O oh, sovereign, virtuous, precious of all trees in paradise, of operation blessed to sapience, hitherto obscured, infamed, and thy fair fruit let hang, as to no end created. But henceforth my early care, not without song, each morning, and due praise, shall tend thee, and the fertile burden ease of thy full branches, offered free to all. Till dieted by thee, I grow mature in knowledge as the gods who all things know though others envy what they cannot give for had the gift been theirs it had not here thus grown experience next to thee i owe best guide not following thee i had remained in ignorance thou openst wisdom's way and givest excess though secret she retire and i perhaps am secret heaven is high high and remote to see from thence distinct each thing on earth, and other care perhaps may have diverted from continual watch our great forbidder, safe with all his spies about him. But to Adam in what sort shall I appear? Shall I to him make known as yet my change, and give him to partake full happiness with me, or rather not? but keep the odds of knowledge in my power without co-partner, so to add what wants in female sex, the more to draw his love and render me more equal, and, perhaps a thing not undesirable, 
sometime superior. For inferior who is free? This may be well. But what if God have seen and death ensue? Then I shall be no more, and Adam, wedded to another Eve, shall live with her enjoying, I extinct, a death to think. Confirm then I resolve, Adam shall share with me in bliss or woe. So dear I love him, that with him all deaths I could endure. Without him live no life. So saying, from the tree her step she turned, but first low reverence done, as to the power that dwelt within, whose presence had infused into the plant sciential sap, derived from nectar drink of gods. Adam, the while, waiting desirous her return, had wove of choicest flowers a garland to adorn her tresses, and her rural labours crown, as reapers oft are wont their harvest queen. Great joy he promised to his thoughts, and new solace in her return, so long delayed. Yet oft his heart, divine of something ill, misgave him. He the faltering measure felt, and forth to meet her went the way she took that morn when first they parted. By the tree of knowledge he must pass. There he her met, scarce from the tree returning. In her hand, a bough of fairest fruit, the downy smiled, new-gathered, and ambrosial smell diffused. To him she hasted, in her face, excuse came prologue, and apology to prompt, which with bland words at will she thus addressed. Hast thou not wondered, Adam, at my stay? Thee I have missed, and thought it long deprived thy presence, agony of love till now not felt, nor shall be twice, for never more mean I to try what rash untried I sought, the pain of absence from thy sight. But strange hath been the cause, and wonderful to hear. This tree is not, as we are told, a tree of danger tasted, nor to evil unknown opening the way but of divine effect to open eyes and make them gods who taste, and hath been tasted such. The serpent, wise or not restrained as we, or not obeying, hath eaten of the fruit, and is become not dead as we are threatened, but thenceforth endued with human voice and human sense, reasoning to admiration, and with me persuasively hath so prevailed that I have also tasted and have also found the effects to correspond. Opener mine eyes, dear Merst, dilated spirits, ampler heart, and growing up to Godhead, which for thee chiefly I sought, without thee can despise, for bliss as thou hast part to me as bliss, tedious, unshared with thee, and odious soon. Thou therefore also taste, that equal lot may join us, equal joy as equal love, lest thou not tasting, different degree disjoin us, and I then too late renounce deity for thee, when fate will not permit. Thus Eve with countenance blithe her story told, but in her cheek distemper flushing glowed, and the other side, Adam, Soon as he heard the fatal trespass done by Eve, amazed, astonished stood in blank, 
while horror chill ran through his veins and all his joints relaxed from his slack hand the garland wreathed for eve down dropped and all the faded roses shed speechless he stood and pale till thus at length first to himself he inward silence broke o fairest of creation last and best of all god's works creature in whom excelled whatever can to sight or thought be formed holy divine good amiable or sweet how art thou lost how on a sudden lost defaced deflowered and now to death devote rather how hast thou yielded to transgress the strict forbiddance how to violate the sacred fruit forbidden some cursed fraud of enemy hath beguiled thee yet unknown and me with thee hath ruined for with thee certain my resolution is to die how can i live without thee how forgo thy sweet converse and love so dearly joined to live again in these wild woods forlorn should god create another eve and i another rib afford yet loss of thee would never from my heart no no i feel the link of nature draw me flesh of flesh bone of my bone thou art and from thy state my never shall be parted bliss or woe so having said as one from sad dismay recomforted and after thoughts disturbed submitting to what seemed remediless thus in calm mood his words to eve he turned bold deed thou hast presumed adventurous eve and peril great provoked who thus hast dared had it been only coveting to eye that sacred fruit sacred to abstinence much more to taste it under ban to touch but past who can recall or done undo not god omnipotent nor fate yet so perhaps thou shalt not die perhaps the fact is not so heinous now foretasted fruit profaned first by the serpent by him first made common and unhallowed ere our taste nor yet on him found deadly he yet lives lives as thou saidst and gains to live as man higher degree of life inducement strong to us as likely tasting to attain proportional assent which cannot be but to be gods or angels demigods nor can i think that god creator wise though threatening will in earnest so destroy us his prime creatures dignified so high set over all his works which in our fall for us created needs with us must fail dependent made so god shall uncreate we frustrate do undo and labour lose not well conceived of god who though his power creation could repeat yet would be loath us to abolish lest the adversary triumph and say fickle their state whom god most favours who can please him long 
Me first he ruin'd, now mankind. Whom will he next? Matter of scorn not to be given the foe. However, I with thee have fixed my lot, Certain to undergo like doom. If death consort with thee, Death is to me as life. So forcible within my heart I feel the bond of nature draw me to my own, My own in thee, for what thou art is mine. Our state cannot be severed. We are one, one flesh. To lose thee were to lose myself. So Adam, and thus Eve to him replied, O glorious trial of exceeding love, Illustrious evidence, example high, Engaging me to emulate, But short of thy perfection, How shall I attain, Adam, From whose dear side I boast me sprung, And gladly of our union hear thee speak, One heart, one soul in both, Whereof good proof this day affords, Declaring thee resolved, Rather than death, or aught than death more dread shall separate us, Linked in love so dear, to undergo with me one guilt, One crime, if any be, of tasting this fair fruit, Whose virtue, or of good still good proceeds, Direct, or by occasion, hath presented this happy trial of thy love, Which else so eminently never had been known. Were it, I thought, death menaced would ensue this my attempt, I would sustain alone the worst, and not persuade thee, Rather die deserted, than oblige thee with a fact pernicious to thy peace, Chiefly assured remarkably so late of thy so true, so faithful love unequalled. But I feel far otherwise the event, not death, but life augmented, Opened eyes, new hope, new joys taste so divine that what of sweet before hath touched my sense flat seems to this and harsh on my experience adam freely taste and fear of death deliver to the winds so saying she embraced him and for joy tenderly wept much one that he his love had so ennobled as of choice to incur divine displeasure for her sake, or death. In recompense, for such compliance bad, such recompense best merits, from the bough she gave him of that fair enticing fruit with liberal hand. He scrupled not to eat against his better knowledge, not deceived, but fondly overcome with female charm. Earth trembled from her entrails as again in pangs, and nature gave a second groan, Sky lowered, and muttering thunder, Some sad drops wept at completing Of the mortal sin original, While Adam took no thought, eating his fill, Nor Eve, to iterate her former trespass feared, The more to soothe him with her loved society, That now, as with new wine intoxicated, Both they swim in mirth, and fancy, that they feel divinity within them breeding wings wherewith to scorn the earth but that false fruit far other operation first displayed carnal desire inflaming he on eve began to cast lascivious eyes she him as wantonly repaid in lust they burn 
till Adam thus gan Eve to dalliance move. Eve, now I see thou art exact of taste, and elegant, of sapiens no small part, since to each meaning savour we apply, and palate call judicious. I the praise yield thee, so well this day thou hast purveyed. Much pleasure we have lost while we abstained from this delightful fruit, nor known till now true relish tasting. If such pleasure be in things to us forbidden, it might be wished for this one tree had been forbidden ten. But come, so well refreshed, now let us play, as meat is, after such delicious fare. For never did thy beauty since the day I saw thee first, And wedded thee, adorned with all perfections, So inflame my sense with ardour to enjoy thee, Fairer now than ever, bounty of this virtuous tree. So said he, and forbore not glance or toy of amorous intent, Well understood of Eve, whose eye darted contagious fire, Her hand he seized, and to a shady bank, thick overhead with verdant roof embowered, he led her nothing loath. Flowers with a couch, pansies and violets and asphodel and hyacinth, earth's freshest, softest lap. There they their fill of love and love's disport took largely, of their mutual guilt the seal, the solace of their sin, till dewy sleep oppressed them wearied with their amorous play. Soon as the force of that fallacious fruit, that with exhilarating vapour bland about their spirits had played, and in most powers made her, was now exhaled, and grosser sleep bred of unkindly fumes, with conscious dreams encumbered, now had left them, up they rose as from unrest, and each, the other viewing, soon found their eyes how open and their minds are darkened. Innocence, that as a veil had shadowed them from knowing ill, was gone. Just confidence and native righteousness and honour from about them naked left to guilty shame. He covered, but his robe uncovered more. So rose the Danite strong, Herculean Samson from the harlot lap of Philistian Dalila and waked, shorn of his strength, they destitute and bare of all their virtue, silent and in face confounded, long they sate, as struck and mute, till Adam, though not less than Eve abashed, at length gave utterance to these words constrained. O oh, Eve, in evil hour thou didst give ear to that false worm, of whomsoever taught to counterfeit man's voice, true in our fall, false in our promised rising. Since our eyes opened we find indeed, and find we know both good and evil, good lost and evil got. Bad fruit of knowledge, if this be to know, which leaves us naked thus, of honour void, of innocence, of faith, of purity, our wanted ornaments now soiled and stained, and in our faces evident the signs of foul concupiscence, whence evil store 
even shame the last of evils. Of the first be sure then. How shall I behold the face henceforth of God or angel? First with joy and rapture so oft beheld, Those heavenly shapes will dazzle now this earthly, With their blaze insufferably bright. Oh, might I here in solitude live savage, In some glade obscure where highest woods impenetrable To star or sunlight spread their umbrage broad And brown as evening? Cover me, ye pines, ye cedars, With innumerable boughs hide me, Where I may never see them more. But let us now, as in bad plight, devise what best may for the present serve to hide the parts of each from other that seem most to shame obnoxious and unseemliest seen, some tree whose broad smooth leaves, together sewed and girded on our loins, may cover round those middle parts, that this newcomer shame there sit not and reproach us as unclean. So counselled he, and both together went into the thickest wood. There soon they chose the fig-tree. Not that kind for fruit renowned, but such as at this day to Indians known in Malabar or Deccan spreads her arms, branching so broad and long, that in the ground the bended twigs take root, and daughters grow about the mother-tree, a pillared shade, high overarched, and echoing walks between. There oft the Indian herdsman, shunning heat, shelters in cool, and tends his pasturing herds at loopholes cut through thickest shade. Those leaves they gathered, broad as Amazonian targe, and with what skill they had together sowed, to gird their waist, vain covering, if to hide their guilt and dreaded shame. Oh, how unlike to that first naked glory! Such of late Columbus found the Americans so girt with feathered cincture, naked else and wild among the trees on isles and woody shores. Thus fenced, and as they thought, the shame in part covered, but not at rest or ease of mind, they sate them down to weep. Nor only tears rained at their eyes, but high winds worse within began to rise, high passions, anger, hate, mistrust, suspicion, discord and shook sore their inward state of mind, calm region once, and full of peace, now tossed and turbulent, for understanding ruled not, and the will heard not her law, both in subjection now to sensual appetite, who from beneath, usurping over-sovereign reason, claimed superior sway. From thus distempered breast, Adam, estranged in look and altered style, speech intermitted, Thus to Eve renewed. Would thou hadst hearken to my words, And stayed with me as I besought thee, When that strange desire of wandering This unhappy morn I know not whence possessed thee. We had then remained still happy, Not as now, despoiled of all our good, Shamed, naked, miserable. Let none henceforth seek, Needless cause to approve the faith they owe. When earnestly they seek such proof, Conclude they then begin to fail. To whom, soon moved with touch of blame, thus Eve, What words have passed thy lips, Adam severe? Imputes thou that to my default, 
or will of wandering, as thou call'st it, which who knows but might as ill have happened thou being by, or to thyself, perhaps, hadst thou been there, or here the tempt, thou couldst not have discerned fraud in the serpent, speaking as he spake, no ground of enmity between us known, why he should mean me ill, or seek to harm. Was I to have never parted from thy side, as good have grown there still a lifeless rib? Being as I am, why didst not thou, the head, command me absolutely not to go, going into such danger as thou saidst? Too facile then, thou didst not much gainsay, nay, didst permit, approve, and fair dismiss. Hadst thou been firm and fixed in thy descent, neither had I transgressed, nor thou with me. To whom, then first incensed, Adam replied, Is this the love, is this the recompense of mine to thee, in grateful eve expressed immutable, when thou wert lost, not I, who might have lived, enjoyed immortal bliss, yet willingly chose rather death with thee? And am I now upbraided as the cause of thy transgressing? Not enough severe, it seems, in thy restraint. What could I more? I warned thee, I admonished thee, foretold the danger and the lurking enemy that lay in wait. Beyond this had been force, and force upon free will hath here no place. But confidence then bore thee on, secure either to meet no danger or to find matter of glorious trial. And perhaps I also erred in overmuch admiring what seemed in thee so perfect, that I thought no evil durst attempt thee. But I rue that error now, which has become my crime, and thou the accuser. Thus it shall befall him who, to worth in women over-trusting, lets her will rule. Restraint she will not brook, and left to herself, if evil thence ensue, she first his weak indulgence will accuse. Thus they in mutual accusation spent the fruitless hours, but neither self-condemning, and of their vain contest appeared no end. Notes Line 186, not, nor, 1674 Line 213, here, bear, 1674 Line 394, likest, likeliest 1674. Line 922, hast, hath, 1674. The end of the ninth book. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book 10 of Paradise Lost, second edition by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book 10. The Argument. Man's transgression known, the guardian angels forsake paradise and return up to heaven to approve their vigilance, and are approved, God declaring that the entrance of Satan could not be by them prevented. He sends his son to judge the transgressors, who descends and gives sentence accordingly, then in pity clothes them both and reascends. Sin and death, sitting till then at the gates of hell, by wondrous sympathy feeling the success of Satan in this new world, and the sin by man there committed, resolve to sit no longer confined to hell, but to follow Satan their sire 
up to the place of man. To make the way easier from hell to this world to and fro, they pave a broad highway or bridge over chaos, according to the track that Satan first made. Then, preparing for earth, they meet him proud of his success, returning to hell. The mutual gratulation. Satan arrives at pandemonium, in full assembly relates with boasting his success against man. Instead of applause, is entertained with a general hiss by all his audience, transformed, with himself also, suddenly into serpents, according to his doom given in paradise. Then, deluded with a show of the forbidden tree springing up before them, they, greedily reaching to take of the fruit, chew dust and bitter ashes. The proceedings of sin and death. God foretells the final victory of his Son over them, and the renewing of all things but for the present commands his angels to make several alterations in the heavens and elements. Adam, more and more perceiving his fallen condition, heavily bewails, rejects the condolement of Eve. She persists, and at length appeases him. Then, to evade the curse likely to fall on their offspring, proposes to Adam violent ways, which he approves not, but conceiving better hope, puts her in mind of the late promise made them, that her seed should be revenged on the serpent, and exhorts her with him to seek peace of the offended deity by repentance and supplication. Meanwhile the heinous and despiteful act of Satan done in paradise, and how he and the serpent had perverted Eve, her husband, she, to taste the fatal fruit, was known in heaven. For what can scape the eye of God all-seeing, or deceive his heart omniscient? who, in all things wise and just, hindered not Satan to attempt the mind of man, with strength entire and free will armed, complete to have discovered and repulsed whatever wiles of foe or seeming friend. For still they knew, and ought to have still remembered, the high injunction not to taste that fruit whoever tempted, which they not obeying, incurred, what could they less, the penalty, and manifold in sin deserved to fall. Up into heaven from paradise in haste the angelic guards ascended, mute and sad for man, for of his state by this they knew, much wondering how the subtle fiend had stole entrance unseen. Soon as the unwelcome news from earth arrived at heaven gate, displeased all were who heard. Dim sadness did not spare that time celestial visages, yet, mixed with pity, violated not their bliss. About the new arrived, in multitudes the ethereal people ran, to hear and know how all befell. They, towards the throne supreme accountable, made haste to make appear with righteous plea their utmost vigilance, and easily approved, when the Most High Eternal Father from his secret cloud, amidst in thunder, uttered thus his voice. Assembled angels, and ye powers, return from unsuccessful charge. Be not dismayed, nor troubled at these tidings from the earth, which your sincerest care could not prevent. Foretold so lately what would come to pass, when first this tempter crossed the gulf from hell. I told ye then he should prevail and speed on his bad errand. Man should be seduced and flattered out of all, believing lies against his maker. No decree of mine concurring to necessitate his fall, 
or touch with lightest moment of impulse's free will to her own inclining left in even scale but fallen he is and now what rests but that the mortal sentence pass on his transgression death denounced that day which he presumes already vain and void because not yet inflicted as he feared by some immediate stroke but soon shall find forbearance no acquittance ere day end justice shall not return as bounty scorned but whom send i to judge them whom but thee vicegerent son to thee i have transferred all judgment whether in heaven or earth or hell easy it may be seen that i intend mercy colleague with justice sending thee man's friend his mediator his designed both ransom and redeemer voluntary and destined man himself to judge man fall so spake the father and unfolding bright toward the right hand his glory on the sun blazed forth unclouded deity he full resplendent all his father manifest expressed and thus divinely answered mild father eternal thine is to decree mine both in heaven and earth to do thy will supreme that thou in me thy son beloved mayst ever rest well pleased i go to judge on earth these thy transgressors but thou know'st whoever judged the worst on me must light when time shall be for so i undertook before thee and not repenting this obtain of right that i may mitigate their doom on me derived yet i shall temper so justice with mercy as may illustrate most them fully satisfied and thee appease attendance none shall need nor train where none are to behold the judgment but the judged those two the third best absent is condemned convict by flight and rebel to all law conviction to the serpent none belongs thus saying from his radiant seat he rose of high collateral glory him thrones and powers princedoms and dominations ministrant accompanied to heaven gate from whence eden and all the coast in prospect lay down he descended straight the speed of gods time counts not though with swiftest minutes winged now was the sun in western cadence low from noon and gentle airs due at their hour to fan the earth now waked and usher in the evening cool when he from wrath more cool came the mild judge and intercessor both to sentence man the voice of god they heard now walking in the garden by soft winds brought to their ears while day declined they heard and from his presence hid themselves among the thickest trees both man and wife till god approaching thus to adam called aloud where art thou adam want with joy to meet my coming seen far off i miss thee here not pleased thus entertained with solitude where obvious duty erewhile appeared unsought or come i less conspicuous or what change absents thee or what chance detains come forth he came and with him eve more loath though first to offend discountenanced both and discomposed 
love was not in their looks either to god or to each other but apparent guilt and shame and perturbation and despair anger and obstinacy and hate and guile whence adam faltering long thus answered brief i heard thee in the garden and of thy voice afraid being naked hid myself to whom the gracious judge without revile replied my voice thou oft hast heard and hast not feared but still rejoiced how is it now become so dreadful to thee that thou art naked who hath told thee hast thou eaten of the tree whereof i gave thee charge thou shouldst not eat to whom thus adam sore beset replied o oh, heaven in evil strait this day i stand before my judge either to undergo myself the total crime or to accuse my other self the partner of my life whose failing while her faith to me remains i should conceal and not exposed to blame by my complaint but strict necessity subdues me and calamitous constraint lest on my head both sin and punishment however insupportable be all devolved though should i hold my peace yet thou wouldst easily detect what i conceal this woman whom thou madest to be my help and gavest me as thy perfect gift so good so fit so acceptable so divine that from her hand i could suspect no ill and what she did whatever in itself her doing seemed to justify the deed she gave me of the tree and i did eat to whom the sovereign presence thus replied was she thy god that her thou didst obey before his voice or was she made thy guide superior or but equal that to her thou didst resign thy manhood and the place wherein god set thee above her made of thee and for thee whose perfection far excelled hers in all real dignity adorned she was indeed and lovely to attract thy love not thy subjection and her gifts were such as under government well seemed unseemly to bear rule which was thy part and person hadst thou known thyself aright so having said he thus to eve in few say woman what is this which thou hast done to whom sad eve with shame nigh overwhelmed confessing soon yet not before her judge bold or loquacious thus abashed replied the serpent me beguiled and i did eat which when the lord god heard without delay to judgment he proceeded on the accused serpent though brute unable to transfer the guilt on him who made him instrument of mischief and polluted from the end of his creation justly then accursed as vitiated in nature more to know concerned not man since he no further knew nor altered his offence yet god at last to satan first in sin his doom applied though in mysterious terms judged as then best and on the serpent thus his curse let fall because thou hast done this thou art accursed above all cattle each beast of the field 
Upon thy belly groveling thou shalt go, And dust shalt eat all the days of thy life. Between thee and the woman I will put enmity, And between thine and her seed. Her seed shall bruise thy head, thou bruise his heel. So spake this oracle, then verified when Jesus, son of Mary, second eve, saw Satan fall like lightning down from heaven, prince of the air. Then rising from his grave, spoiled principalities and powers, triumphed in open show, and with ascension bright, captivity led captive through the air, the realm itself of Satan long usurped, whom he shall tread at last under our feet, even he who now foretold his fatal bruise. And to the woman thus his sentence turned, Thy sorrow I will greatly multiply by thy conception. Children thou shalt bring in sorrow forth, and to thy husband's will thine shall submit. He over thee shall rule. On Adam last his judgment he pronounced. Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and eaten of the tree, concerning which I charge thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat thereof, cursed is the ground for thy sake. Thou in sorrow shalt eat thereof all the days of thy life, thorns also, and thistles it shall bring thee forth unbid, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For thou out of the ground was taken. Know thy birth, for dust thou art, and shalt to dust return. So judged he man, both judge and saviour sent, and the instant stroke of death denounced that day removed far off. Then pitying how they stood before him naked to the air, that now must suffer change, disdained not to begin thenceforth the form of servant to assume, as when he washed his servants' feet. So now, as father of his family, he clad their nakedness with skins of beasts, or slain, or as the snake with youthful coat repaid, and thought not much to clothe his enemies, nor he their outward only with the skins of beasts, but inward nakedness, much more opprobrious, with his robe of righteousness arraying, covered from his father's sight. To him with swift ascent he up-returned, Into his blissful bosom reassumed in glory as of old, To him appeased all, though all-knowing, What had passed with man recounted, mixing intercession sweet. Meanwhile, ere thus was sinned and judged on earth, Within the gates of hell sate sin and death, In counter-view within the gates, that now stood open wide, Belching outrageous flame far into chaos, Since the fiend passed through, sin opening, Who thus now to death began. O son, why sit we here each other viewing idly, While Satan, our great author, thrives in other worlds, And happier seat provides for us his offspring dear? It cannot be but that success attends him. If mishap, ere this he had returned, with fury driven by his avenger, since no place like this can fit his punishment, or there revenge. Methinks I feel new strength within me rise, wings growing, and dominion given me large beyond this deep. Whatever draws me on, 
or sympathy, or some connatural force, powerful at greatest distance, to unite with secret amity things of like kind by secretest conveyance. Thou, my shade inseparable, must with me along, for death from sin no power can separate. But lest the difficulty of passing back stay his return, perhaps over this gulf impassable, impervious, let us try adventurous work, yet to thy power and mine not unagreeable, to found a path over this main from hell to that new world where Satan now prevails, a monument of merit high to all the infernal host, easing their passage hence for intercourse or transmigration, as the lot shall lead. Nor can I miss the way, so strongly drawn by this new-felt attraction and instinct. Whom thus the meagre shadow answered soon, Go whither fate and inclination strong leads thee, I shall not lag behind, nor err the way thou leading, Such a scent I draw of carnage, Pray innumerable, and taste the savour of death From all things there that live. Nor shall I to the work thou enterprisest be wanting, But afford thee equal aid. So saying, with delight he snuffed the smell of mortal change on earth, As when a flock of ravenous fowl, though many a league remote, Against the day of battle, to a field where armies lie encamped, Come flying, lured with scent of living carcasses, Designed for death the following day in bloody fight. So scented the grim feature, and upturned his nostril wide Into the murky air, sagacious of his quarry from so far. Then both from out-held gates into the waste-wild anarchy of chaos, Damp and dark, flew divers, and with power, the power was great, Hovering upon the waters, what they met, solid or slimy, As in raging sea tossed up and down, Together crowded drove from each side shoaling towards the mouth of hell. As when two polar winds blowing adverse upon the Cronian sea Together drive mountains of ice that stop the imagined way Beyond Petsora eastward to the rich Cathayan coast. The aggregated soil, death with his mace petrific, Cold and dry as with a trident smote, and fixed as firm as Delos, floating once. The rest, his look bound with Gorgonian rigour not to move, and with asphaltic slime, broad as the gate, deep to the roots of hell, the gathered beach they fastened, and the mole immense wrought on over the foaming deep, high arched, a bridge of length prodigious, joining to the wall immovable of this now fenceless world, forfeit to death. From hence, a passage broad, smooth, easy, inoffensive, down to hell. So, if great things to small may be compared, Xerxes, the liberty of Greece to yoke, From Susa, his Memnonian palace high, came to the sea, And over Hellespont, bridging his way, Europe with Asia joined, And scourged with many a stroke the indignant waves. Now had they brought the work, by wondrous art pontifical, A ridge of pendant rock over the vexed abyss, Following the track of Satan, 
to the self-same place where he first lighted from his wing, and landed safe from out of chaos to the outside bare of this round world. With pins of adamant and chains they made all fast. Too fast they made, and durable, and now, in little space, the confines met of Empyrean heaven and of this world, and on the left hand, hell, with long reach interposed. Three several ways in sight to each of these three places led. And now their way to earth they had described, to paradise first tending, when, behold, Satan, in likeness of an angel bright, betwixt the centaur and the scorpion steering his zenith, while the sun in Ares rose. Disguised he came, but those his children dear their parents soon discerned, though in disguise. He, after Eve seduced, unminded slunk into the wood fast by, and changing shape to observe the sequel, saw his guileful act by Eve, though all unweeting, seconded upon her husband, saw the shame that sought vain covertures. But when he saw descend the Son of God to judge them, terrified he fled, not hoping to escape, but shun the present, fearing guilty what his wrath might suddenly inflict. That past, returned by night, and listening where the hapless pair sate in their sad discourse and various plaint, thence gathered his own doom, which understood not instant, but of future time. With joy and tidings fraught, to hell he now returned, and at the brink of chaos, near the foot of this new wondrous pontifus, unhoped met who to meet him came, his offspring dear. Great joy was at their meeting, and at sight of that stupendous bridge his joy increased. Long he admiring stood, till Sin, his fair enchanting daughter, thus the silence broke. O parent, these are thy magnific deeds, thy trophies, which thou viewst as not thine own. Thou art their author and prime architect. For I no sooner in my heart divined, my heart which by a secret harmony still moves with thine, joined in connection sweet, that thou on earth hadst prospered, which thy looks now also evidence, but straight I felt, though distant from the worlds between, yet felt that I must after thee with this thy son. Such fatal consequence unites us three. Hell could no longer hold us in her bounds, nor this unvoyageable gulf obscure detain from following thy illustrious track. Thou hast achieved our liberty, confined within hell gates till now. Thou us empowered to fortify thus far and overlay with this portentous bridge the dark abyss. Thine now is all this world. Thy virtue hath won what thy hands builded not. Thy wisdom gained with odds what war hath lost, And fully avenged our foil in heaven. Here thou shalt monarch reign, there didst not. There let him still victor sway, as battle hath adjudged, From this new world retiring, by his own doom alienated, And henceforth monarchy with thee divide of all things, 
parted by the imperial bounds his quadrature from thy orbicular world or try thee now more dangerous to his throne whom thus the prince of darkness answered glad fair daughter and thou son and grandchild both high proof ye now have given to be the race of satan for i glory in the name antagonist of heaven's almighty king amply have merited of me of all the infernal empire that so near heaven's door triumphal with triumphal act have met mine with this glorious work and made one realm hell and this world one realm one continent of easy thoroughfare therefore while i descend through darkness on your road with ease to my associate powers them to acquaint with these successes and with them rejoice you too this way among those numerous orbs all yours right down to paradise descend there dwell and reign in bliss thence on the earth dominion exercise and in the air chiefly on man so lord of all declared him first make sure your thrall and lastly kill my substitutes i send ye and create plenipotent on earth of matchless might issuing from me on your joint vigour now my hold of this new kingdom all depends through sin to death exposed by my exploit if your joint power prevail the fairs of hell no detriment need fear go and be strong so saying he dismissed them they with speed their course through thickest constellations held spreading their bane the blasted stars looked wan and planets planets struck real eclipse then suffered the other way satan went down the causey to hell gate on either side disparted chaos overbuilt exclaimed and with rebounding surge the bars assailed that scorned his indignation through the gate wide open and unguarded satan passed and all about found desolate for those appointed to sit there had left the charge flown to the upper world the rest were all far to the inland retired about the walls of pandemonium city and proud seat of lucifer so by allusion called of that bright star to satan paragon there kept the watch the legions while the grand in council sate solicitous what chance might intercept their emperor sent so he departing gave command and they observed as when the tartar from his russian foe by astrakhan over the snowy plains retires or bactrian sophi from the horns of turkish crescent leaves all waste beyond the realm of aladul in his retreat to taurus or casbin so these the late heaven-banished host left desert utmost hell many a dark league reduced in careful watch round the metropolis and now expecting each hour the great adventurer from the search of foreign worlds he through the midst unmarked in show plebeian angel militant of lowest order passed and from the door of that plutonian hall invisible ascended his high throne 
which under state of richest texture spread at the upper end was placed in regal luster down a while he sate and round about him saw unseen at last as from a cloud his fulgent head and shape star bright appeared or brighter clad with what permissive glory since his fall was left him or false glittered all amazed at that so sudden blaze the stygian throng bent their aspect and whom they wished beheld the mighty chief returned loud was the claim forth rushed in haste the great consulting peers raised from the dark divan and with like joy congratulant approached him who with hand silence and with these words attention won thrones dominations princedoms virtues powers for in possession such not only of right i call ye and declare ye now return successful beyond hope to lead ye forth triumphant out of this infernal pit abominable accursed the house of woe and dungeon of our tyrant now possess as lords a spacious world to our native heaven little inferior by my adventure hard with peril great achieved long were to tell what i have done what suffered with what pain voyaged the unreal vast unbounded deep of horrible confusion over which by sin and death a broad way now is paved to expedite your glorious march but i toiled out my uncouth passage forced to ride the untractable abyss plunged in the womb of unoriginal night and chaos wild that jealous of their secrets fiercely opposed my journey strange with clamorous uproar protesting fate supreme thence how i found the new created world which fame in heaven long had foretold a fabric wonderful of absolute perfection therein man placed in a paradise by our exile made happy him by fraud i have seduced from his creator and the more to increase your wonder with an apple he thereat offended worth your laughter hath given up both his beloved man and all his world to sin and death a prey and so to us without our hazard labor or alarm to range in and to dwell and over man to rule as over all he should have ruled true is me also he hath judged or rather me not but the brute serpent in whose shape man i deceived that which to me belongs is enmity which he will put between me and mankind i am to bruise his heel his seed when is not set shall bruise my head a world who would not purchase with a bruise or much more grievous pain ye have the count of my performance what remains ye gods but up and enter now into full bliss so having said a while he stood expecting the universal shout and high applause to fill his ear when contrary he hears on all sides from innumerable tongues a dismal universal 
hiss, the sound of public scorn. He wondered, but not long had leisure, wondering at himself now more. His visage drawn, he felt to sharp and spare. His arms clung to his ribs, his legs entwining each other, till supplanted down he fell, a monstrous serpent on his belly, prone, reluctant, but in vain. A greater power now ruled him, punished in the shape he sinned, according to his doom. He would have spoke, but hiss for hiss returned, with forked tongue to forked tongue, for now were all transformed alike to serpents, all as accessories to his bold riot. Dreadful was the din of hissing through the hall, thick swarming now with complicated monsters, head and tail, scorpion and asp and ambisbena dire, serastes horned, hydrus and elops drear, and dipsas. Not so thick swarmed once the soil bedropped with blood of gorgon, or the isle of Fusa, but still greatest he, the midst, now dragon-grown, larger than whom the sun engendered in the Pythian vale on slime, huge python, and his power no less he seemed above the rest still to retain. They all him followed, issuing forth to the open field, where all yet left of that revolted rout heaven fallen, in station stood, or just array, sublime with expectation, when to see in triumph issuing forth the glorious chief. They saw, but other sight instead, a crowd of ugly serpents. Horror on them fell, and horrid sympathy, for what they saw they felt themselves now changing. Down their arms, down fell both spear and shield, down they as fast, and the dire hiss renewed and the dire form catched by contagion, like in punishment as in their crime. Thus was the applause they meant turned to exploding hiss, triumph to shame, cast on themselves from their own mouths. There stood a grove hard by, sprung up with this their change, his will who reigns above, to aggravate their penance, laden with fair fruit like that which grew in paradise the bait of eve used by the tempter on that prospect strange their earnest eyes they fixed imagining for one forbidden tree a multitude now risen to work them further woe or shame yet parched with scalding thirst and hunger fierce though to delude them sent could not abstain but on they rolled in heaps and up the trees climbing sat thicker than the snaky locks that curled Megara. Greedily they plucked the fruitage, fair to sight, like that which grew near that bituminous lake where Sodom flamed. This, more delusive, not the touch, but taste deceived. They, fondly thinking to allay their appetite with gust, instead of fruit, chewed bitter ashes, which the fended taste with spattering noise rejected. Oft they essayed, hunger and thirst constraining, drugged as oft, with hatefulest disrelish, writhed their jaws, with soot and cinders filled. So oft they fell into the same illusion, not as man whom they triumphed once lapsed. Thus were they plagued and worn with famine, long and ceaseless hiss, till the lost shape permitted they resumed. 
yearly enjoined some say to undergo this annual humbling certain numbered days to dash the pride and joy for man seduced however some tradition they dispersed among the heathen of their purchase got and fabled how the serpent whom they called Ophion, with your enemy the wide encroaching eve perhaps had first the rule of high olympus thence by saturn driven and ops ere yet dictaean jove was born meanwhile in paradise the hellish pair too soon arrived sin there in power before once actual now in body and to dwell habitual habitant behind her death close following pace for pace not mounted yet on his pale horse to whom sin thus began second of satan sprung all-conquering death what thinkst thou of our empire now though earned with travail difficult not better far than still at hell's dark threshold of sate watch unnamed undreaded and thyself half starved whom thus the sin-born monster answered soon to me who with eternal famine pine alike is hell or paradise or heaven their best where most with raven i may meet which here though plenteous all too little seems to stuff this maw this vast unhide-bound corpse to whom the incestuous mother thus replied thou therefore on these herbs and fruits and flowers feed first on each beast next and fish and fowl no homely morsels and whatever thing the scythe of time mows down devour unspared till i in man residing through the race his thoughts his looks words actions all infect and season him thy last and sweetest prey this said they both betook them several ways both to destroy or unimmortal make all kinds and for destruction to mature sooner or later which the almighty seeing from his transcendent seat the saints among to those bright orders uttered thus his voice see with what heat these dogs of hell advance to waste and havoc yonder world which i so fair and good created and had still kept in that state had not the folly of man let in these wasteful furies who impute folly to me so doth the prince of hell and his adherents that with so much ease i suffer them to enter and possess a place so heavenly and conniving seem to gratify my scornful enemies that laugh as if transported with some fit of passion i to them had quitted all at random yielded up to their misrule and know not that i called and drew them thither my hell-hounds to lick up the draught and filth which man's polluting sin with taint had shed on what was pure till crammed and gorged nigh burst with sucked and glutted awful at one fling of thy victorious arm well-pleasing son both sin and death and yawning grave at last through chaos hurled obstruct the mouth of hell for ever and seal up his ravenous jaws then heaven and earth renewed shall be made pure to sanctity that shall receive 
no stain. Till then, the curse pronounced on both precedes. He ended, and the heavenly audience loud sung hallelujah, as the sound of seas through multitude that sung. Just are thy ways, righteous are thy decrees on all thy works. Who can extenuate thee? Next, to the sun, destined restorer of mankind, by whom new heaven and earth shall to the ages rise, or down from heaven descend. Such was their song, while the Creator, calling forth by name his mighty angels, gave them several charge as sorted best with present things. The sun had first his precept so to move, so shine, as might affect the earth with cold and heat scarce tolerable, and from the north to call decrepit winter, from the south to bring solstitial summer's heat. To the blank moon her office they prescribed, to the other five their planetary motions and aspects in sextile, square, and trine at opposite, of noxious efficacy, and when to join in synod unbenign and taught the fixed their influence malignant when to shower, which of them rising with the sun or falling should prove tempestuous. To the winds they set their corners, when with bluster to confound sea, air, and shore, the thunder when to roll with terror through the dark aerial hall. Some say he bid the angels turn askance the poles of earth twice ten degrees and more from the sun's axle. They with labor pushed oblique the centric globe. Some say the sun was bid turn rains from the equinoctial road like distant bread to Taurus with the seven Atlantic sisters, and the Spartan twins up to the tropic crab, thence down amain by Leo and the Virgin of the scales, as deep as Capricorn, to bring in change of seasons to each clime. Else had the spring perpetual smiled on earth with vernant flowers, equal in days and nights, except to those beyond the polar circles. To them day had unbenighted shone, while the low sun, to recompense its distance, in their sight had rounded still the horizon, and not known nor east or west, which had forbid the snow from cold Astarteland, and south as far beneath Magellan. At that tasted fruit the sun, as from Thyestean banquet, turned his course intended, Else how had the world inhabited, though sinless, more than now avoided pinching cold and scorching heat? These changes in the heavens, though slow, produced like change on sea and land, sidereal blast, vapour and mist, and exhalation hot, corrupt, and pestilent. Now from the north of Norumbega, and the Samoid shore, bursting the brazen dungeon, armed with ice and snow and hail, and stormy gust and flaw, Boreas and Caecus and Argestes loud, and Thrascius rend the woods and seas upturn. With adverse blast upturns them from the south Notus, and Afer black, with thunderous clouds from Seriona. Thwart of these, as fierce, forth rush the Levant and the Ponent winds, Eurus and Zephyr with their lateral noise, Sirocco and Libecchio. Thus began outrage from liveless things. But discord, first daughter of sin, among the irrational, death introduced, through fierce antipathy. Beast now with beast gan war, and fowl with fowl, and fish with fish, 
to graze the herb all leaving devoured each other nor stood much in awe of man but fled him or with countenance grim glared on him passing these were from without the growing miseries which adam saw already in part though hid in gloomiest shade to sorrow abandoned but worse felt within and in a troubled sea of passions tossed thus to disburden sought with sad complaint o oh, miserable of happy is this the end of this new glorious world and me so late the glory of that glory who now become accursed of blessed hide me from the face of god whom to behold was then my height of happiness yet well if here would end the misery i deserved it and would bear my own deservings but this will not serve all that i eat or drink or shall beget is propagated curse oh voice once heard delightfully increase and multiply now death to hear for what can i increase or multiply but curses on my head who of all ages to succeed but feeling the evil on him brought by me will curse my head ill fare our ancestor impure for this we may thank adam but his thanks shall be the execration so besides mine own that bide upon me all from me shall with a fierce reflux on me redound on me as on their natural centre light heavy though in their place no fleeting joys of paradise dear bought with lasting woes did i request thee maker from my clay to mould me man did i solicit thee from darkness to promote me or here place in this delicious garden as my will concurred not to my being it were but right and equal to reduce me to my dust desirous to resign and render back all i received unable to perform thy terms too hard by which i was to hold the good i sought not to the loss of that sufficient penalty why hast thou added the sense of endless woes inexplicable thy justice seems yet to say truth too late i thus contest then should have been refused those terms whatever when they were proposed thou didst accept them wilt thou enjoy the good then cavil the conditions and though god made thee without thy leave what if thy son prove disobedient and reproved retort wherefore didst thou beget me i sought it not wouldst thou admit for his contempt of thee that proud excuse yet him not thy election but natural necessity begot god made thee of choice his own and of his own to serve him thy reward was of his grace thy punishment then justly is at his will be it so for i submit his doom is fair that dust i am and shall to dust return oh welcome hour whenever why delays his hand to execute what his decree fixed on this day why do i overlive why am i mocked with death and lengthened out to deathless pain how gladly would i meet mortality my sentence and be earth insensible how glad would lay me down as in my mother's lap 
there i should rest and sleep secure his dreadful voice no more would thunder in my ears no fear of worse to me and to my offspring would torment me with cruel expectation yet one doubt pursues me still lest all i cannot die lest that pure breath of life the spirit of man which god inspired cannot together perish with this corporeal clod then in the grave or in some other dismal place who knows but i shall die a living death oh thought horrid if true yet why it was but breath of life that sinned what dies but what had life and sin the body properly hath neither all of me then shall die let this appease the doubt since human reach no further knows for though the lord of all be infinite is his wrath also be it man is not so but mortal doomed how can he exercise wrath without end on man whom death must end can he make deathless death that were to make strange contradiction which to god himself impossible is held as argument of weakness not of power will he draw out for anger's sake finite to infinite in punished man to satisfy his rigour satisfied never that were to extend his sentence beyond dust and nature's law by which all causes else according still to the reception of their matter act not to the extent of their own sphere but say that death be not one stroke as i supposed bereaving sense but endless misery from this day onward which i feel begun both in me and without me and so last to perpetuity ay me that fear comes thundering back with dreadful revolution on my defenceless head both death and i am bound eternal and incorporate both nor i on my part single in me all posterity stands cursed fair patrimony that i must leave ye sons oh were i able to waste it all myself and leave ye none so disinherited how would ye bless me now your curse ah why should all mankind for one man's fault thus guiltless be condemned if guiltless but from me what can proceed but all corrupt both mind and will depraved not to do only but to will the same with me how can they acquitted stand in sight of god him after all disputes forced i absolve all my evasions vain and reasonings though through mazes lead me still but to my own conviction first and last on me me only as the source and spring of all corruption all the blame lights due so might the wrath fond wish couldst thou support that burden heavier than the earth to bear than all the world much heavier though divided with that bad woman thus what thou desirest and what thou fearest alike destroys all hope of refuge and concludes thee miserable beyond all past example and future 
to Satan only like both crime and doom. Oh, conscience, into what abyss of fears and horrors hast thou driven me, out of which I find no way, from deep to deeper plunged. Thus Adam to himself lamented loud through the still night, not now as ere man fell wholesome and cool and mild, but with black air accompanied with damps and dreadful gloom, which to his evil conscience represented all things with double terror. On the ground outstretched he lay, on the cold ground, and oft cursed his creation, death as oft accused of tardy execution, since denounced the day of his offence. Why comes not death, said he, with one thrice acceptable stroke to end me? Shall truth fail to keep her word? Justice divine not hasten to be just? But death comes not at call. Justice divine mends not her slowest pace for prayers or cries. O woods, O fountains, hillocks, dales, and bowers, with other echo far I taught your shades to answer and resound far other song. Whom thus afflicted when sad Eve beheld, desolate where she sate, approaching nigh, soft words to his fierce passion she essayed. But her with stern regard he thus repelled, Out of my sight, thou serpent! That name best befits thee, with him leagued, thyself as false and hateful. Nothing wants but that thy shape, like his, and colour serpentine, may show thy inward fraud, to warn all creatures from thee henceforth, lest that too heavenly form pretended to hellish falsehood snare them. But for thee I had persisted happy, had not thy pride and wandering vanity, when least was safe, rejected my forewarning, and disdained not to be trusted, longing to be seen, though by the devil himself, him overweening to overreach. But with the serpent meeting, fooled and beguiled, by him thou, I by thee, to trust thee from my side, imagined, wise, constant, mature, proof against all assaults, and understood not all was but a show rather than solid virtue, all but a rib crooked by nature, bent as now appears more to the part sinister from me drawn, well if thrown out as supernumerary to my just number found. Oh, why did God, creator wise, that peopled highest heaven with spirits masculine, create at last this novelty on earth, this fair defect of nature, and not fill the world at once with men as angels without feminine, or find some other way to generate mankind? This mischief had not then befallen, and more that shall befall, innumerable disturbances on earth, through female snares, and straight conjunction with this sex. For either he never shall find out fit mate, but such as some misfortune brings him, or mistake, or whom he wishes most, shall seldom gain through her perverseness, but shall see her gained by a far worse, or, if she love, withheld by parents, or his happiest choice too late shall meet, 
already linked and wedlock bound to a fell adversary is hate or shame which infinite calamity shall cause to human life and household peace confound he added not and from her turned but eve not so repulsed with tears that ceased not flowing and tresses all disordered at his feet fell humble and embracing them besought his peace and thus proceeded in her plaint forsake me not thus adam witness heaven what love sincere and reverence in my heart i bear thee and unweeting have offended unhappily deceived thy suppliant i beg and clasp thy knees bereave me not whereon i live thy gentle looks thy aid thy counsel in this uttermost distress my only strength and stay forlorn of thee whither shall i betake me where subsist while yet we live scarce one short hour perhaps between us two let there be peace both joining as joined in injuries one enmity against a foe by doom express assigned us that cruel serpent on me exercise not thy hatred for this misery befallen on me already lost me than thyself more miserable both have sinned but thou against god only i against god and thee and to the place of judgment will return there with my cries importune heaven that all the sentence from thy head removed may light on me sole cause to thee of all this woe me me only just object of his ire she ended weeping and her lowly plight immovable till peace obtained from fault acknowledged and deplored in adam wrought commiseration soon his heart relented towards her his life so late and sole delight now at his feet submissive in distress creature so fair his reconcilement seeking his counsel whom she had displeased his aid as one disarmed his anger all he lost and thus with peaceful words upraised her soon unwary and too desirous as before so now of what thou know'st not who desirest the punishment all on thyself alas bear thine own first ill able to sustain his full wrath whose thou feel'st as yet least part and my displeasure bears so ill if prayers could alter high decrees i to that place would speed before thee and be louder heard that on my head all might be visited thy frailty and infirmer sex forgiven to me committed and by me exposed but rise let us no more contend nor blame each other blamed enough elsewhere but strive in offices of love how we may lighten each other's burden in our share of woe since this day's death denounced if aught i see will prove no sudden but a slow-paced evil a long day's dying to augment our pain and to our seed 
O hapless seed derived. To whom thus Eve, recovering heart, replied, Adam, by sad experiment I know How little weight my words with thee can find, Found so erroneous, Hence by just event found so unfortunate. Nevertheless, restored by thee, Vile as I am, to place of new acceptance, Hopeful to regain thy love, The sole contentment of my heart, Living or dying, From thee I will not hide What thoughts in my unquiet breast are risen, Tending to some relief of our extremes, Or end, though sharp and sad, Yet tolerable, as in our evils, and of easier choice if care of our descent perplex us most which must be born to certain woe devoured by death at last and miserable it is to be to others cause of misery our own begotten and of our loins to bring into this cursed world a woeful race that after wretched life must be at last food for so foul a monster in thy power it lies yet ere conception to prevent the race unblessed to being yet unbegot childless thou art childless remain so death shall be deceived his glut and with us too be forced to satisfy his ravenous maw but if thou judge it hard and difficult conversing looking loving to abstain from love's due rites nuptial embraces sweet and with desire to languish without hope, Before the present object languishing with like desire, Which would be misery and torment less than none of what we dread, Then both ourselves and seed at once, To free from what we fear for both, Let us make short, let us seek death, Or he not found, supply with our own hands his office on ourselves. Why stand we longer shivering under fears That show no end but death, And have the power of many ways to die, The shortest choosing, Destruction with destruction to destroy? She ended here, Or vehement despair broke off the rest. So much of death her thoughts had entertained As dyed her cheeks with pale. But Adam with such counsel nothing swayed, to better hopes his more attentive mind labouring had raised, and thus to Eve replied, Eve, thy contempt of life and pleasure seems to argue in thee something more sublime and excellent than what thy mind condemns. But self-destruction, therefore sought, refutes that excellence thought in thee, and implies not thy contempt, but anguish and regret for loss of life and pleasure over love. Or if thou covet death as utmost end of misery, So thinking to evade the penalty pronounced, Doubt not but God hath wiselier armed his vengeful ire Than so to be forestalled. Much more I fear lest death so snatched Will not exempt us from the pain we are by doom to pay. Rather such acts of contumacy will provoke the highest To make death in us live. Then let us seek some safer resolution, Which methinks I have in view, Calling to mind with heed part of our sentence, That thy seed shall bruise the serpent's head. Piteous amends, unless be meant, Whom I conjecture, our grand foe, Satan, 
who in the serpent hath contrived against us this deceit. To crush his head would be revenge indeed, which will be lost by death brought on ourselves, or childless days resolved as thou proposest. So our foe shall scape his punishment ordained, and we instead shall double ours upon our heads. No more be mentioned than of violence against ourselves and willful barrenness, that cuts us off from hope, and savours only rancour and pride, impatience and despite, reluctance against God and his just yoke laid on our necks. Remember with what mild and gracious temper he both heard and judged, without wrath or reviling. We expected immediate dissolution, which we thought was meant by death that day, when, lo, to thee pains only in childbearing were foretold, and bringing forth, soon recompensed with joy, fruit of thy womb. On me the curse a slope glanced on the ground, with labour I must earn my bread. What harm? Idleness had been worse. My labour will sustain me, and, lest cold or heat should injure us, his timely care hath unbesought provided, and his hands clothed us unworthy, pitying while he judged. How much more, if we pray him, will his ear be open, and his heart to pity incline? and teach us further by what means to shun the inclement seasons, rain, ice, hail, and snow, which now the sky with various face begins to show us in this mountain, while the winds blow moist and keen, shattering the graceful locks of these fair spreading trees, which bids us seek some better shroud, some better warmth to cherish our limbs benumbed, ere this diurnal star leave cold the night. How we his gathered beams, reflected, may with matter sear foment, or by collision of two bodies grind the air a trite to fire, as late the clouds justling, or pushed with winds rude in their shock tine the slant lightning, whose thwart flame driven down kindles the gummy bark of fir or pine, and sends a comfortable heat from far, which might supply the sun. Such fire to use, and what may else be remedy or cure to evils which our own misdeeds have wrought, he will instruct us praying, and of grace beseeching him, so as we need not fear to pass commodiously this life, sustained by him with many comforts, till we end in dust, our final rest and native home. What better can we do than to the place repairing where he judged us, prostrate fall before him reverent? and there confess humbly our faults and pardon beg, with tears watering the ground, and with our sighs the air frequenting, sent from hearts contrite, in sign of sorrow unfeigned, and humiliation meek. Undoubtedly he will relent, and turn from his displeasure, in whose look serene, when angry most he seemed, and most severe, what else but favour, grace, and mercy shone? So spake our father penitent, nor Eve felt less remorse. They forthwith, to the place repairing where he judged them, prostrate fell before him reverent, and both confessed humbly their faults, and pardon begged, with tears watering the ground, and with their sighs the air frequenting, sent from hearts contrite, 
in sign of sorrow unfeigned and humiliation meek notes line fifty eight may might sixteen seventy four line two forty one avenger avengers sixteen seventy four line three ninety seven those these sixteen seventy four line eight twenty seven they acquitted they then acquitted sixteen seventy four the end of the tenth book recording by thomas copeland Book Eleven of Paradise Lost, Second Edition by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book Eleven The Argument. The Son of God presents to his Father the prayers of our first parents now repenting and intercedes for them. God accepts them, but declares that they must no longer abide in paradise. Sends Michael with a band of cherubim to dispossess them but first to reveal to Adam future things. Michael's coming down. Adam shows to Eve certain ominous signs. He discerns Michael's approach, goes out to meet him. The angel denounces their departure. Eve's lamentation. Adam pleads, but submits. The angel leads him up to a high hill, sets before him in a vision what shall happen till the flood. Thus they in lowliest plight repentance stood praying, for from the mercy seat above prevenient grace descending had removed the stony from their hearts, and made new flesh regenerate grow instead, that sighs now breathed unutterable, which the spirit of prayer inspired, and winged for heaven with speedier flight than loudest oratory. Yet their port not of mean suitors, nor important lest seemed their petition, than when the ancient pair in fables old, less ancient yet than these, Deucalion and chaste Pyrrha, to restore the race of mankind drowned, before the shrine of Timus stood devout. To heaven the prayers flew up, nor missed the way by envious winds blown vagabond or frustrate. In they passed, dimensionless through heavenly doors. Then, clad with incense where the golden altar fumed by their great intercessor, came in sight before the father's throne them the glad son presenting thus to intercede began see father what first fruits on earth are sprung from thy implanted grace in man these sighs and prayers which in this golden censer mixed with incense i thy priest before thee bring fruits of more pleasing savour from thy seed sown with contrition in his heart than those which his own hand manuring all the trees of paradise could have produced ere fallen from innocence now therefore bend thine ear to supplication hear his sighs though mute unskilful with what words to pray let me interpret for him me his advocate and propitiation all his works on me good or not good engraft my merit those shall perfect and for these my death shall pay accept me and in me from these receive the smell of peace toward mankind let him live before thee reconciled at least his days numbered though sad till death his doom which i to mitigate thus plead not to reverse to better life shall yield him 
where with me all my redeemed may dwell in joy and bliss, made one with me as I with thee am one. To whom the Father, without cloud, serene, all thy request for man, accepted son, obtain. All thy request was my decree, but longer in that paradise to dwell, the law I gave to nature him forbids. Those pure immortal elements that know no gross, no unharmonious mixture foul, eject him, tainted now, and purge him off as a distemper, gross to air as gross, and mortal food as may dispose him best for dissolution wrought by sin, that first distempered all things, and of incorrupt corrupted. I at first with two fair gifts created him endowed, with happiness and immortality. That fondly lost, this other served but to eternize woe, till I provided death. So death becomes his final remedy, and after life tried in sharp tribulation, and refined by faith and faithful works to second life, waked in the renovation of the just, resigns him up with heaven and earth renewed. But let us call to synod all the blessed through heaven's wide bounds. From them I will not hide my judgments, how with mankind I proceed, as how with peccant angels late they saw, and in their state, though firm, stood more confirmed. He ended and the sun gave signal high to the bright minister that watched, he blew his trumpet, heard in Oreb since, perhaps, when God descended, and perhaps once more to sound a general doom. The angelic blast filled all the regions, from their blissful bowers of amaranthine shade, fountain or spring by the waters of life, where'er they sate in fellowships of joy, the sons of light hasted, resorting to the summons high, and took their seats, till from his throne supreme the Almighty thus pronounced his sovereign will. O sons, like one of us man is become, to know both good and evil, since his taste of that defended fruit. But let him boast his knowledge of good lost and evil got. Happier had it sufficed him to have known good by itself, and evil not at all. He sorrows now, repents, and prays contrite, my motions in him. Longer than they move, his heart I know, how variable and vain self-left. Lest therefore his now bolder hand reach also to the tree of life, and eat, and live forever, dream at least to live forever, to remove him I decree, and send him from the garden forth, to till the ground whence he was taken, fitter soil. Michael, this my behest have thou in charge. Take to thee from among the cherubim thy choice of flaming warriors, lest the fiend, or in behalf of man, or to invade vacant possession, some new trouble raise. Haste thee, and from the paradise of God, without remorse, drive out the sinful pair, from hallowed ground, unholy, and denounce to them and to their progeny from thence perpetual banishment. Yet lest they faint at the sad sentence rigorously urged, for I behold them softened, and with tears bewailing their excess, all terror hide. If patiently thy bidding they obey, dismiss them not disconsolate, reveal to Adam what shall come in future days, as I shall thee enlighten.
intermix my covenant in the woman's seed renewed so send them forth though sorrowing yet in peace and on the east side of the garden place where entrance up from eden easiest climbs cherubic watch and of a sword the flame wide waving all approach far off to fright and guard all passage to the tree of life lest paradise a receptacle prove to spirits foul and all my trees the prey with whose stolen fruit man once more to delude he ceased and the archangelic power prepared for swift descent with him the cohort bright of watchful cherubim four faces each had like a double janus all the shapes spangled with eyes more numerous than those of argus and more wakeful than to drowse charmed with arcadian pike the pastoral reed of hermes or his opiate rod meanwhile to resalute the world with sacred light leucothea waked and with fresh dews embalmed the earth when adam and first matron eve had ended now their orisons and found strength added from above new hope to spring out of despair joy but with fear yet linked which thus to eve his welcome words renewed eve easily may faith admit that all the good which we enjoy from heaven descends but that from us aught should ascend to heaven so prevalent as to concern the mind of god high blessed or to incline his will hard to belief may seem yet this will prayer or one short sigh of human breath upborne even to the seat of god for since i sought by prayer the offended deity to appease kneeled and before him humbled all my heart methought i saw him placable and mild bending his ear persuasion in me grew that i was heard with favour peace returned home to my breast and to my memory his promise that thy seed shall bruise our foe which then not minded in dismay yet now assures me that the bitterness of death is past and we shall live whence hail to thee eve rightly called mother of all mankind mother of all things living since by thee man is to live and all things live for man to whom thus eve with sad demeanour meek ill worthy i such title should belong to me transgressor who for thee ordained a help became thy snare to me reproach rather belongs distrust and all dispraise but infinite in pardon was my judge that i who first brought death on all embraced the source of life next favourable thou who highly thus to entitle me vouchsafed far other name deserving but the field to labour calls us now with sweat imposed though after sleepless night for see the morn all unconcerned with our unrest begins her rosy progress smiling let us forth i never from thy side henceforth to stray where'er our day's work lies though now enjoined laborious till day droop while here we dwell what can be toilsome in these pleasant walks here let us live though in fallen state content so spake so wished much humbled eve 
but fate subscribed not. Nature first gave signs, impressed on bird, beast, air, air suddenly eclipsed after short blush of morn, nigh in her sight the bird of Jove, stooped from his airy tower, two birds of gayest plume before him drove. Down from a hill the beast that reigns in woods, first hunter then, pursued a gentle brace, goodliest of all the forest, heart and hind. Direct to beastern gate was bent their flight. Adam observed, and with his eye the chase pursuing, not unmoved, to Eve thus spake. Oh, Eve, some further change awaits us nigh, which heaven by these mute signs in nature shows for runners of his purpose, or to warn us haply too secure of our discharge from penalty, because from death released some days. How long, and what till then our life, who knows? Or more than this, that we are dust, and thither must return and be no more. Why else this double object in our sight of flight pursued in there, and o'er the ground, one way the selfsame hour? Why in the east darkness, ere day's mid-course? and morning light more orient in yon western cloud that draws o'er the blue firmament a radiant white and slow descends with something heavenly fraught he erred not for by this the heavenly bands down from a sky of jasper lighted now in paradise and on a hill made alt a glorious apparition had not doubt and carnal fear that day dimmed Adam's eye. Not that more glorious when the angels met Jacob in Mahanaim, where he saw the field pavilioned with his guardians bright, nor that which on the flaming mount appeared in Dothan, covered with a camp of fire against the Syrian king, who, to surprise one man, assassin-like had levied war, war unproclaimed, the princely hierarch in the bright stand there left his powers to seize possession of the garden he alone to find where adam sheltered took his way not unperceived of adam who to eve while the great visitant approached thus spake eve now expect great tidings which perhaps of us will soon determine or impose new laws to be observed for i descry from yonder blazing cloud that veils the hill one of the heavenly host and by his gate none of the meanest, some great potentate, o'er the thrones above, such majesty invests him coming, yet not terrible that I should fear, nor sociably mild as Raphael that I should much confide, but solemn and sublime, whom not to offend with reverence I must meet, and thou retire. He ended, and the archangel soon drew nigh not in his shape celestial, but as man clad to meet man. Over his lucid arms a military vest of purple flowed, livelier than Melibean, or the grain of sorrow worn by kings and heroes old in time of truce. Iris had dipped the wolf. His starry helm unbuckled showed him prime in manhood where youth ended. By his side, as in a glistering zodiac, hung the sword, Satan's dire dread, and in his hand the spear. Adam bowed low. He, kingly, from his state inclined not, but his coming thus declared. Adam, heaven's high behest no preface needs. 
sufficient that thy prayers are heard, and death, then due by sentence when thou didst transgress, defeated of his seizure many days given thee of grace, wherein thou mayst repent, and one bad act with many deeds well done mayst cover. Well may then thy Lord appeased redeem thee quite from death's rapacious claims, but longer in this paradise to dwell permits not. To remove thee I am come, and send thee from the garden forth, to till the ground whence thou wast taken, fitter soil. He added not, for Adam, at the news, heart-struck with chilling gripe of sorrow stood, that all his senses bound. Eve, who unseen, yet all had heard, with audible lament discovered soon the place of her retire. O oh, unexpected stroke, worse than of death! Must I thus leave thee, paradise? Thus leave thee, native soil, these happy walks and shades, fit haunt of gods? Where I had hoped to spend quiet, though sad, the respite of that day that must be mortal to us both. O oh, flowers that never will in other climate grow, my early visitation and my last at even, which I bred up with tender hand from the first opening bud, and gave ye names. Who now shall rear ye to the sun, or rank your tribes and water from the ambrosial fount? Thee, lastly, nuptial bower, by me adorned with what to sight or smell was sweet. From thee how shall I part, and whither wander down into a lower world, to this obscure and wild? How shall we breathe in other air less pure, accustomed to immortal fruits? Whom thus the angel interrupted mild. Lament not, Eve, but patiently resign what justly thou hast lost, nor set thy heart thus over-fond on that which is not thine. Thy going is not lonely, with thee goes thy husband. Him to follow thou art bound, where he abides, think there thy native soil. Adam, by this from the cold sudden damp recovering, and his scattered spirits returned, to Michael thus his humble words addressed. Celestial, whether among the thrones, or named of them the highest, or such of shape may seem prince above princes, gently hast thou told thy message, which might else in telling wound and in performing end us. What besides of sorrow and dejection and despair our frailty can sustain, thy tidings bring, departure from this happy place, our sweet recess and only consolation left, familiar to our eyes. All places else inhospitable appear and desolate, nor knowing us, nor known. And if by prayer incessant I could hope to change the will of him who all things can, I would not cease to weary him with my assiduous cries. But prayer against his absolute decree no more avails than breath against the wind, blown stifling back on him that breathes it forth. Therefore to his great bidding I submit. This most afflicts me, that departing hence, as from his face I shall be hid, deprived his blessed countenance. Here I could frequent with worship place by place where he vouchsafed presence divine, and to my sons relate, On this mount he appeared, under this tree stood visible, among these pines his voice I heard, here with him at this fountain talked. 
So many grateful altars I would rear of grassy turf, and pile up every stone of luster from the brook, in memory or monument to ages, and thereon offer sweet-smelling gums and fruits and flowers. In yonder nether world, where shall I seek his bright appearances or footstep trace? For though I fled him angry, yet, recalled to life prolonged and promised race, I now gladly behold, though but his utmost skirts of glory, and far off his steps adore. To whom thus Michael with regard benign, Adam, thou knowest heaven his, and all the earth, not this rock only. His omnipresence fills land, sea, and air, and every kind that lives, fomented by his virtual power and warmed. All the earth he gave thee to possess and rule, no despicable gift. Surmise not then his presence to these narrow bounds confined of paradise or Eden. This had been perhaps thy capital seat, from whence had spread all generations, and had hither come from all the ends of the earth to celebrate and reverence thee, the great progenitor. But this preeminence thou hast lost, brought down to dwell on even ground now with thy sons. Yet doubt not, but in valley and in plain God is, as here, and will be found alike present and of his presence many a sign still following thee, still compassing thee round with goodness and paternal love, his face express, and of his steps the track divine, which that thou mayst believe and be confirmed, ere thou from hence depart, know I am sent to show thee what shall come in future days to thee and to thy offspring. Good with bad expect to hear supernal grace contending with sinfulness of men, thereby to learn true patience, and to temper joy with fear and pious sorrow, equally inured by moderation either state to bear, prosperous or adverse. So shalt thou lead safest thy life, and best prepared endure thy mortal passage when it comes. Ascend this hill. Let Eve, for I have drenched her eyes, here sleep below while thou to foresight wakest, as once thou slept, while she to life was formed. To whom thus Adam gratefully replied, Ascend, I follow thee, safe guide, the path thou leadst me, and to the hand of heaven submit, however chastening. To the evil turn my obvious breast, arming to overcome by suffering, and earn rest from labour one, if so I may attain. So both ascend in the visions of God. It was a hill of paradise the highest, from whose top the hemisphere of earth in clearest ken stretched out to amplest reach of prospect lay. Not higher that hill, nor wider looking round, whereon, for different cause, the tempter set our second Adam in the wilderness to show him all earth's kingdoms and the glory. His eye might there command wherever stood city of old or modern fame, the seat of mightiest empire, from the destined walls of Cambalu, seat of Cathayan Khan, and Samarkand by Oxus, Timir's throne, to Paquin of Sinian kings, and thence to Agra and Lahore of great Mogul, down to the golden Chersonese or where the Persian and at Baton sate, 
or since in Hispahan, or where the Russian Tsar in Moscow, or the Sultan in Byzance, Turkestan born. Nor could his eye not ken the empire of Negus to his utmost porter Coco, and the less maritime kings, Mombaza and Quiloa and Melind, and Sofala thought Ophir, to the realm of Congo, and Angola farthest south, or thence from Niger flood to Atlas Mount, the kingdoms of Almansor, Fez, and Sous, Morocco, and Algiers, and Tremison. On Europe thence, and where Rome was to sway the world, in spirit perhaps he also saw rich Mexico, the seat of Montezuma, and Cusco in Peru, the richer seat of Atabalapa, and yet unspoiled Guiana, whose great city Garion's sons call El Dorado. But to nobler sights Michael from Adam's eyes the film removed, which that false fruit that promised clearer sight had bred. Then purged with euphrasy and rue the visual nerve, for he had much to see. And from the well of life three drops instilled, so deep the power of these ingredients pierced even to the inmost seat of mental sight that adam now enforced to close his eyes sunk down and all his spirits became entranced but him the gentle angel by the hand soon raised and his attention thus recalled adam now ope thine eyes and first behold the effects which thy original crime hath wrought in some to spring from thee, who never touched the accepted tree, nor with the snake conspired, nor sin thy sin, yet from that sin derived corruption to bring forth more violent deeds. His eyes he opened, and beheld a field, part arable and tilth, whereon were sheaves new reaped the other part sheep-walks and folds. It midst an altar, as the landmark stood, rustic of grassy sword. Thither anon a sweaty reaper from his tillage brought first fruits, the green ear and the yellow sheaf, unculled as came to hand. A shepherd next, more meek, came with the firstlings of his flock, choicest and best. Then sacrificing, laid the innards and their fat with incense strewed on the cleft wood, and all due rites performed. His offering soon propitious fire from heaven consumed with nimble glance and grateful steam, the others not, for his was not sincere, whereat he inly raged, and as they talked, smote him into the midriff with a stone that beat out life. He fell and deadly pale groaned out his soul with gushing blood effused much at that sight was adam in his heart dismayed and thus in haste to the angel cried oh teacher some great mischief had befallen to that meek man who well had sacrificed his piety thus and pure devotion paid to michael thus he also moved replied these two are brethren adam and to come out of thy loins, unjust the just hath slain, for envy that his brother's offering found from heaven acceptance, but the bloody fact will be avenged, and the other's faith approved to lose no reward, though here thou see him die, rolling in dust and gore. To which our sire, alas, both for the deed and for the cause, 
but have I now seen death? Is this the way I must return to native dust? O oh, sight of terror, foul and ugly to behold, horrid to think, how horrible to feel! To whom thus Michael, Death thou hast seen in his first shape on man, but many shapes of death and many are the ways that lead to his grim cave, all dismal, yet to sense more terrible at the entrance than within. Some, as thou sawst, by violent stroke shall die, by fire, flood, famine, by intemperance more in meats and drinks, which on the earth shall bring diseases dire, of which a monstrous crew before thee shall appear, that thou mayst know what misery the abstinence of Eve shall bring on men. Immediately a place before his eyes appeared, sad, noisome, dark, a lazar-house it seemed, wherein were laid numbers of all diseased, all maladies of ghastly spasm or racking torture, qualms of heart-sick agony, all feverous kinds, convulsions, epilepsies, fierce catars, intestine stone and ulcer, colic pangs, dropsies and asthmas, and joint-racking rheums. Dire was the tossing, deep the groans, despair tended the sick, busiest from couch to couch, and over them, triumphant, death his dart shook, but delayed to strike though oft invoked with vows as their chief good and final hope, sight so deform, what heart of rock could long dry eyed behold? Adam could not, but wept, though not of woman born. Compassion quelled his best of man, and gave him up to tears a space, till firmer thoughts restrained excess, and, scarce recovering words, his plaint renewed. O oh, miserable mankind, to what fall degraded, to what wretched state reserved! Better end here unborn. Why is life given to be thus wrested from us? Rather, why obtruded on us thus, who, if we knew what we receive, would either not accept life offered, or soon beg to lay it down, glad to be so dismissed in peace? Can thus the image of God in man created once so goodly and erect, though faulty since, to such unsightly sufferings be debased under inhuman pains? Why should not man, retaining still divine similitude in part, from such deformities be free, and for his Maker's image sake exempt? The Maker's image, answered Michael, then forsook them when themselves they vilified to serve ungoverned appetite and took his image whom they served a brutish vice inductive mainly to the sin of eve therefore so abject is their punishment disfiguring not god's likeness but their own or if his likeness by themselves defaced while they pervert pure nature's healthful rules to loathsome sickness, worthily, since they God's image did not reverence in themselves. I yield it just, said Adam, and submit. But is there yet no other way besides these painful passages how we may come to death? 
and mix with our connatural dust there is said michael if thou well observe the rule of not too much by temperance taught in what thou eat'st and drink'st seeking from thence due nourishment not gluttonous delight till many years over thy head return so mayst thou live till like ripe fruit thou drop into thy mother's lap or be with ease gathered not harshly plucked for death mature this is old age but then thou must outlive thy youth thy strength thy beauty which will change to withered weak and gray thy senses then obtuse all taste of pleasure must forgo to what thou hast and for the air of youth hopeful and cheerful in thy blood will reign a melancholy damp of cold and dry to weigh thy spirits down and last consume the balm of life to whom our ancestor henceforth i fly not death nor would prolong life much bent rather how i may be quit fairest and easiest of this cumbrous charge which i must keep till my appointed day of rendering up michael to him replied nor love thy life nor hate but what thou livest live well how long or short permit to heaven and now prepare thee for another sight he looked and saw a spacious plain whereon were tents of various hue by some were herds of cattle grazing others whence the sound of instruments that made melodious chime was heard of harp and organ and who moved the stops and chords was seen his volant touch instinct through all proportions low and high fled and pursued transverse the resonant fugue in other part stood one who at the forge labouring two massy clods of iron and brass had melted whether found where casual fire had wasted woods on mountain or in vale down to the veins of earth thence gliding hot to some cave's mouth or whether washed by stream from underground the liquid ore he drained into fit moulds prepared from which he formed first his own tools then what might else be wrought fusel or graven in metal after these but on the heather side a different sort from the high neighbouring hills which was the seat down to the plain descended by the guise just men they seemed and all their study bent to worship god aright and know his works not hid nor those things lost which might preserve freedom and peace to men they on the plain long had not walked when from the tents behold a bevy of fair women richly gay in gems and wanton dress to the harp they sung soft amorous ditties and in dance came on the men though grave eyed them and let their eyes rove without rain till in the amorous net fast caught they liked and each his liking chose and now of love they treat till the evening star love's harbinger appeared then all in heat they light the nuptial torch and bid invoke hymen then first to marriage rites invoked with feast and music all the tents resound such happy interview and fair event of love and youth not lost 
songs garlands flowers and charming symphonies attached the heart of adam soon inclined to admit delight the bent of nature which he thus expressed true opener of mine eyes prime angel blessed much better seems this vision and more hope of peaceful days portends than those two past those were of hate and death or pain much worse here nature seems fulfilled in all her ends to whom thus michael judge not what is best by pleasure though to nature seeming meet created as thou art to nobler end holy and pure conformity divine those tents thou sawst so pleasant were the tents of wickedness wherein shall dwell his race who slew his brother studious they appear of arts that polish life inventors rare unmindful of their maker though his spirit taught them but they his gifts acknowledged none yet they a beauteous offspring shall beget for that fair female troop thou sawst that seemed of goddesses so blithe so smooth so gay yet empty of all good wherein consists woman's domestic honour and chief praise bred only and completed to the taste of lustful appetence to sing to dance to dress and troll the tongue and roll the eye to these that sober race of men whose lives religious titled them the sons of god shall yield up all their virtue all their fame ignobly to the trains and to the smiles of these fair atheists and now swim in joy ere long to swim at large and laugh for which the world ere long a world of tears must weep to whom thus adam a short joy bereft oh pity and shame that they who to live well entered so fair should turn aside to tread paths indirect or in the midway faint but still i see the tenor of man's woe holds on the same from woman to begin from man's effeminate slackness it begins said the angel who should better hold his place by wisdom and superior gifts received but now prepare thee for another scene he looked and saw wide territory spread before him towns and rural works between cities of men with lofty gates and towers concourse in arms fierce faces threatening war giants of mighty bone and bold emprise part wield their arms part curb the foaming steed single or in array of battle ranged both horse and foot nor idly mustering stood one way a band select from forage drives a herd of beeves fair oxen and fair kine from a fat meadow ground or fleecy flock ewes and their bleating lambs over the plain their booty scarce with life the shepherds fly but call in aid which tax a bloody fray with cruel tournament the squadrons join where cattle pastured late now scattered lies with carcasses and arms than sanguine field deserted others to a city strongly siege encamped by battery scale and mine assaulting others from the wall defend with dart and javelin stones and sulphurous fire on each hand slaughter and gigantic deeds in other part the sceptred heralds call to council in the city gates 
Anon grey-headed men in grave, with warriors mixed, assemble, and harangues are heard, but soon in factious opposition, till at last, of middle age one rising, eminent in wise deport, spake much of right and wrong, of justice, of religion, truth and peace, and judgment from above. Him, old and young, exploded, and had seized with violent hands, had not a cloud descending, snatched him thence unseen amid the throng. So violence proceeded, and oppression and sword law through all the plain, and refuge none was found. Adam was all in tears, and to his guide lamenting turned full sad. Oh, what are these? Death's ministers, not men, who thus deal death inhumanly to men, and multiply ten thousandfold the sin of him who slew his brother? For of whom such massacre make they but of their brethren, men of men? But who was that just man, whom had not heaven rescued, had in his righteousness been lost? To whom thus Michael? These are the product of those ill-mated marriages thou sawest, where good with bad were matched, who of themselves abhor to join, and by imprudence mixed produce prodigious births of body or mind. Such were these giants, men of high renown, for in those days might only shall be admired, and valour and heroic virtue called, to overcome in battle and subdue nations, and bring home spoils with infinite manslaughter, shall be held the highest pitch of human glory, and for glory done of triumph to be styled great conquerors, patrons of mankind, gods and sons of gods, destroyers rightly are called, and plagues of men. Thus fame shall be achieved, renown on earth, and what most merits fame in silence hid. But he, the seventh from thee, whom thou beheldst the only righteous in a world perverse, and therefore hated, therefore so beset with foes for daring single to be just, and utter odious truth, that God would come to judge them with his saints, him, the most high, wrapped in a balmy cloud, with winged steeds did as thou sawst receive, to walk with God high in salvation, and the climes of bliss, exempt from death to show thee what reward awaits the good, the rest what punishment, which now direct thine eyes and soon behold. He looked, and saw the face of things quite change, the brazen throat of war had ceased to roar, all now was turned to jollity and game, to luxury and riot, feast and dance, marrying or prostituting as befell, rape or adultery, where passing fair allured them, thence from cups to civil broils. At length a reverend sire among them came, and of their doings great dislike declared, and testified against their ways. He oft frequented their assemblies, where so met, triumphs or festivals, and to them preached conversion and repentance, as to souls in prison under judgments imminent. But all in vain, which when he saw he ceased contending, and removed his tents far off. Then from the mountain, hewing timber tall, began to build a vessel of huge bulk, measured by cubit, length and breadth and height, smeared round with pitch, and in the side a door contrived, 
and of provisions laid in large for man and beast. When, lo, a wonder strange, of every beast and bird and insect small came sevens and pairs, and entered in, as taught their order. Last, the sire and his three sons, with their four wives, and God made fast the door. Meanwhile the south wind rose, and with black wings wide hovering, all the clouds together drove from under heaven. The hills, to their supply, vapour and exhalation, dusk and moist, sent up amain, and now the thickened sky, like a dark ceiling, stood. Down rushed the rain, impetuous, and continued till the earth no more was seen. The floating vessel swam uplifted, and secure with beaked prow rode tilting o'er the waves. All dwellings else flood overwhelmed, and them with all their pomp deep under water rolled. Sea covered sea, sea without shore, and in their palaces where luxury late reigned, sea monsters whelped and stapled. Of mankind, so numerous late, all left in one small bottom swum embarked. How didst thou grieve then, Adam, to behold the end of all thy offspring, end so sad, depopulation, thee another flood of tears, and sorrow a flood thee also drowned, and sunk thee as thy sons, till, gently reared by the angel, on thy feet thou stoodst at last, though comfortless, as when a father mourns his children, all in view destroyed at once and scarce to the angel utteredst thus thy plaint. O oh, visions ill foreseen! Better had I lived ignorant of future, so had borne my part of evil only, each day's lot enough to bear. Those now that were dispensed, the burden of many ages, on me light at once, by my foreknowledge, gaining birth abortive, to torment me ere their being with thought that they must be. Let no man seek henceforth to be foretold what shall befall him or his children. Evil he may be sure, which neither his foreknowing can prevent. And he the future evil shall no less in apprehension than in substance feel grievous to bear. But that care now is past. Man is not whom to warn. Those few escaped famine and anguish would at last consume wandering that watery desert. I had hoped when violence was ceased and war on earth, all would have then gone well. Peace would have crowned with length of happy days the race of man. But I was far deceived, for now I see peace to corrupt no less than war to waste. How comes it thus? Unfold, celestial guide, and whether here the race of man will end. To whom thus Michael? Those whom last thou sawst in triumph and luxurious wealth, are they first seen in acts of prowess eminent and great exploits, but of true virtue void, who having spilt much blood and done much waste subduing nations, and achieved thereby fame in the world, high titles and rich prey, shall change their course to pleasure, ease and sloth, surfeit and lust, till wantonness and pride raise out of friendship hostile deeds in peace. The conquered also, and enslaved by war, shall, with their freedom lost, 
all virtue lose and fear of God, from whom their piety feigned, in sharp contest of battle found no aid against invaders. Therefore cooled in zeal, thenceforth shall practice how to live secure, worldly or to salute, on what their lords shall leave them to enjoy. For thirth shall bear more than enough, that temperance may be tried. So all shall turn degenerate, all depraved, justice and temperance, truth and faith, forgot, one man except the only sun of light in a dark age, against example, good, against allurement, custom, and a world offended, fearless of reproach and scorn or violence, he of their wicked ways shall them admonish, and before them set the paths of righteousness, how much more safe and full of peace, denouncing wrath to come on their impenitence, and shall return of them derided, but of God observe one just man alive by his command shall build a wondrous ark as thou beheldst to save himself and household from amidst a world devote to universal rack no sooner he with them of man and beast select for life shall in the ark be lodged and sheltered round that all the cataracts of heaven set open on the earth shall pour rain day and night all fountains of the deep broke up shall heave the ocean to usurp beyond all bounds till inundation rise above the highest hills then shall this mount of paradise by might of waves be moved out of his place pushed by the horned flood with all his verdure spoiled and trees adrift down the great river to the opening gulf and there take root an island salt and bare, the haunt of seals and orcs, and sea-mews clang, to teach thee that God attributes to place no sanctity, if none be thither brought by men who there frequent, or therein dwell. And now what further shall ensue, behold. He looked, and saw the ark hull on the flood, which now abated, for the clouds were fled, driven by a keen north wind, that blowing dry wrinkled the face of deluge as decayed, and the clear sun on his wide watery glass gazed hot, and of the fresh wave largely drew as after thirst, which made their flowing shrink from standing lake to tripping air, that stole with soft foot towards the deep, who now had stopped his sluices as the heaven his window shut. The ark no more now floats, but seems on ground, fast on the top of some high mountain fixed. And now the tops of hills as rocks appear, with clamour thence the rapid currents drive towards the retreating sea their furious tide. Forthwith, from out the ark a raven flies, and after him, the surer messenger, a dove, sent forth once and again to spy green tree or ground whereon his foot may light. The second time returning, in his bill an olive leaf he brings, pacific sign. Anon dry ground appears, and from his ark the ancient sire descends with all his train. Then, with uplifted hands and eyes devout, grateful to heaven, over his head beholds a dewy cloud, and in the cloud a bow conspicuous with three lifted colors gay. 
betokening peace from God and covenant new. Whereat the heart of Adam, erst so sad, greatly rejoiced, and thus his joy broke forth. O thou that future things canst represent as present, heavenly instructor, I revive at this last sight, assured that man shall live with all the creatures and their seed preserved. Far less I now lament for one whole world of wicked sons destroyed, than I rejoice for one man found so perfect and so just, that God vouchsafes to raise another world from him, and all his anger to forget. But say, what mean those coloured streaks in heaven, distended as the brow of God appeased, or serve they as a flowery verge to bind the fluid skirts of that same watery cloud, lest it dissolve and shower the earth? To whom the archangel? Dexterously thou aimst. So willingly doth God remit his ire, though late repenting him of man depraved, grieved at his heart, when looking down he saw the whole earth filled with violence, and all flesh corrupting each their way, Yet those removed, such grace shall one just man find in his sight, that he relents not to blot out mankind, and makes a covenant never to destroy the earth again by flood, nor let the sea surpass his bounds, nor rain to drown the world with man therein or beast. But when he brings over the earth a cloud, will therein set his triple-coloured bow, whereon to look and call to mind his covenant day and night seed time and harvest heat and hoary frost shall hold their course till fire purge all things new both heaven and earth wherein the just shall dwell notes line 484 after this line 1674 adds demoniac frenzy moping melancholy and moonstruck madness pining atrophy, marasmus, and wide-wasting pestilence. Line 548 of rendering up and patiently attend my dissolution. Michael replied, 1674. Line 647, tax, makes, 1674. Line 866, that, who, 1674. The end of the eleventh book. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book twelve of Paradise Lost, second edition by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Book twelve, The Argument. The angel Michael continues from the flood to relate what shall succeed. Then, in the mention of Abraham, comes by degrees to explain who that seed of the woman shall be which was promised Adam and Eve in the fall, his incarnation, death, resurrection, and ascension, the state of the church till his second coming. Adam, greatly satisfied and recomforted by these relations and promises, descends the hill with Michael, wakens Eve, who all this while had slept, but with gentle dreams composed to quietness of mind than submission. Michael, in either hand, leads them out of paradise, the fiery sword waving behind them, and the cherubim taking their stations to guard the place. 
as one who in his journey baits at noon though bent on speed so here the archangel paused betwixt the world destroyed and world restored if adam aught perhaps might interpose then with transition sweet new speech resumes thus thou hast seen one world begin and end and man as from a second stock proceed much thou hast yet to see but i perceive thy mortal sight to fail objects divine must needs impair and weary human sense henceforth what is to come i will relate thou therefore give due audience and attend this second source of men while yet but few and while the dread of judgment past remains fresh in their minds fearing the deity with some regard to what is just and right shall lead their lives and multiply apace labouring the soil and reaping plenteous crop corn wine and oil and from the herd or flock oft sacrificing bullock lamb or kid with large wine offerings poured and sacred feast shall spend their days in joy unblamed and dwell long time in peace by families and tribes under paternal rule till one shall rise a proud ambitious heart who not content with fair equality fraternal state will arrogate dominion undeserved over his brethren and quite dispossess concord and law of nature from the earth hunting and men not beasts shall be his game with war and hostile snare such as refuse subjection to his empire tyrannous a mighty hunter thence he shall be styled before the lord as in despite of heaven or from heaven claiming second sovereignty and from rebellion shall derive his name though of rebellion others he accuse he with a crew whom like ambition joins with him or under him to tyrannize marching from eden towards the west shall find the plain wherein a black bituminous gurge boils out from underground the mouth of hell of brick and of that stuff they cast to build a city and tower whose top may reach to heaven and get themselves a name lest far dispersed in foreign lands the memory be lost regardless whether good or evil fame but god who oft descends to visit men unseen and through their habitations walks to mark their doings then beholding soon comes down to see their city ere the tower obstruct heaven towers and in derision sets upon their tongues a various spirit to raise quite out their native language and instead to sow a jangling noise of words unknown forthwith a hideous gabble rises loud among the builders each to other calls not understood till hoarse and all in rage as mocked they storm great laughter was in heaven and looking down to see the hubbub strange and hear the din thus was the building left ridiculous and the work confusion named whereto thus adam fatherly displeased o oh, execrable son so to aspire above his brethren to himself affirming authority usurped from god not given he gave us only over beast fish foul dominion absolute that right we hold by his donation but man over men he made not lord such title to himself reserving human left from human free but this usurper his encroachment proud stays not on man to god his tower intends siege and defiance 
wretched man what food will he convey up thither to sustain himself and his rash army where thin air above the clouds will pine his entrails gross and famish him of breath if not of bread to whom thus michael justly thou abhorst that son who on the quiet state of men such trouble brought affecting to subdue rational liberty yet know withal since thy original lapse true liberty is lost which always with right reason dwells twinned and from her hath no individual being reason in man obscured or not obeyed immediately inordinate desires and upstart passions catch the government from reason and to servitude reduce man till then free therefore since he permits within himself unworthy powers to reign over free reason god in judgment just subjects him from without to violent lords who oft as undeservedly enthrall his outward freedom tyranny must be though to the tyrant thereby no excuse yet sometimes nations will decline so low from virtue which is reason that no wrong but justice and some fatal curse annexed deprives them of their outward liberty their inward lost witness the reverent son of him who built the ark who for the shame done to his father heard this heavy curse servant of servants on his vicious race thus will this latter as the former world still tend from bad to worse till god at last wearied with their iniquities withdraw his presence from among them and avert his holy eyes resolving from thenceforth to leave them to their own polluted ways and one peculiar nation to select from all the rest of whom to be invoked a nation from one faithful man to spring him on this side euphrates yet residing bred up in idol worship oh that men canst thou believe should be so stupid grown while yet the patriarch lived to scape the flood as to forsake the living god and fall to worship their own work in wood and stone for gods yet him god the most high vouchsafes to call by vision from his father's house his kindred and false gods into a land which he will show him and from him will raise a mighty nation and upon him shower his benediction so that in his seed all nations shall be blessed he straight obeys not knowing to what land yet firm believes i see him but thou canst not with what faith he leaves his gods his friends and native soil ur of chaldea passing now the ford to haran after him a cumbrous train of herds and flocks and numerous servitude not wandering poor but trusting all his wealth with god who called him in the land unknown canaan he now attains i see his tents pitched about shechem and the neighboring plain of moreb there by promise he receives gift to his progeny of all that land from hamath northward to the desert south things by their names i call though yet unnamed from hermon east to the great western sea mount hermon yonder sea each place behold in prospect as i point them on the shore mount carmel here the double-fountain stream jordan true limit eastward but his son shall dwell to senir that long ridge of hills this ponder that all nations of the earth shall in his seed be blessed 
By that seed is meant thy great deliverer, Who shall bruise the serpent's head, Whereof to thee anon plainlier shall be revealed. This patriarch blessed, whom faithful Abraham, Due time shall call, a son, And of his son a grandchild leaves, Like him in faith, in wisdom, and renown. The grandchild, with twelve sons increased, Departs from Canaan to a land hereafter called Egypt, Divided by the river Nile. See where it flows, disgorging at seven mouths into the sea. To sojourn in that land he comes invited By a younger son in time of dearth, A son whose worthy deeds raise him to be the second In that realm of Pharaoh. There he dies, and leaves his race growing into a nation, and now grown suspected to a sequent king who seeks to stop their overgrowth as inmate guests too numerous. Whence, of guests, he makes them slaves inhospitably and kills their infant males, till by two brethren, those two brethren called Moses and Aaron, sent from God to claim his people from enthrallment, they return with glory and spoil back to their promised land. But first, the lawless tyrant, who denies to know the God or message to regard, must be compelled by signs and judgments dire. To blood unshed the rivers must be turned. Frogs, lice, and flies must all his palace fill with loathed intrusion, and fill all the land. His cattle must of rot and murrain die. Botches and blains must all his flesh emboss, and all his people. Thunder mixed with hail, hail mixed with fire, Must rend the Egyptian sky, and wheel on the earth, Devouring where it rolls. But it devours not, herb or fruit or grain, A darksome cloud of locusts swarming down must eat, And on the ground leave nothing green. Darkness must overshadow all his bounds, Palpable darkness, and blot out three days. Last, with one midnight stroke, all the firstborn of Egypt must lie dead. Thus, with ten wounds, this river dragon tamed at length, submits to let his sojourners depart, and oft humbles his stubborn heart, that still as ice more hardened after thaw, till in his rage pursuing whom he late dismissed, the sea swallows him with his host, but them lets pass as on dry land between two crystal walls, awed by the rod of Moses so to stand divided, till his rescued gain their shore. Such wondrous power God to his saint will lend, though present in his angel, who shall go before them in a cloud and pillar of fire, to guide them in their journey, and remove behind them, while the Durit king pursues. All night he will pursue, but his approach darkness defends between, till morning watch. Then, through the fiery pillar and the cloud, God, looking forth, will trouble all his host and craze their chariot wheels, when by command Moses once more his potent rod extends over the sea. The sea his rod obeys. On their embattled ranks the waves return and overwhelm their war. The race elect, safe, towards Canaan from the shore advance, through the wild desert, not the readiest way, lest entering on the Canaanite alarmed, war terrify them, inexpert, and fear return them back to Egypt, 
choosing rather inglorious life with servitude. For life, to noble and ignoble, is more sweet, untrained in arms, where rashness leads not on. This also shall they gain by their delay in the wide wilderness. There they shall found their government, and their great senate choose through the twelve tribes, to rule by laws ordained. God, from the Mount of Sinai, whose great top shall tremble he descending, will himself in thunder, lightning, and loud trumpet sound ordain them laws. Part, such as appertain to civil justice, part religious rites of sacrifice, informing them by types and shadows of that destined seed to bruise the serpent, by what means he shall achieve mankind's deliverance. But the voice of God to mortal ear is dreadful. They beseech that Moses might report to them his will and terror cease. He grants them the desire, instructed that to God is no excess without mediator, whose high office now Moses in figure bears, to introduce one greater, of whose day he shall foretell, and all the prophets in their age the times of great Messiah shall sing. Thus, laws and rites established, such delight hath God in men, obedient to his will, that he vouchsafes among them to set up his tabernacle, the Holy One with mortal men to dwell. By his prescript, a sanctuary is framed of cedar, overlaid with gold, therein an ark, and in the ark his testimony, the records of his covenant, over these a mercy seat of gold between the wings of two bright cherubim. Before him burned seven lamps, as in a zodiac representing the heavenly fires. Over the tent, a cloud shall rest by day, a fiery gleam by night, save when they journey, and at length they come, conducted by his angel, to the land promised to Abraham and his seed. The rest were long to tell, how many battles fought, how many kings destroyed and kingdoms won, or how the sun shall in mid-heaven stand still a day entire, and night's due course adjourn, man's voice commanding. Sun in Gibeon stand, and thou, moon, in the vale of Ayalon, till Israel overcome. So called the third from Abraham, son of Isaac, and from him his whole descent, who thus shall Canaan win. Here Adam interposed, O sent from heaven, enlightener of my darkness, gracious things thou hast revealed, those chiefly which concern just Abraham and his seed, now first I find mine eyes true opening, and my heart much eased, erewhile perplexed with thoughts what would become of me and all mankind. But now I see his day, in whom all nations shall be blessed, favor unmerited by me, who sought forbidden knowledge by forbidden means. This yet I apprehend not. Why to those among whom God will deign to dwell on earth so many and so various laws are given. So many laws argue so many sins among them. How can God with such reside? To whom thus Michael? Doubt not, but that sin will reign among them, as of thee begot. And therefore was law given to them to evince their natural pravity by stirring up sin against law to fight that when they see law can discover sin but not remove, 
save by those shadowy expiations weak the blood of bulls and goats they may conclude some blood more precious must be paid for man just for unjust that in such righteousness to them by faith imputed they may find justification towards god and peace of conscience which the law by ceremonies cannot appease nor man the moral part perform and not performing cannot live so law appears imperfect and but given with purpose to resign them in full time up to a better covenant disciplined from shadowy types to truth from flesh to spirit from imposition of strict laws to free acceptance of large grace from servile fear to filial works of law to works of faith and therefore shall not moses though of god highly beloved being but the minister of law his people into canaan lead but joshua when the gentiles jesus call his name and office bearing who shall quell the adversary serpent and bring back through the world's wilderness long wandered man safe to eternal paradise of rest meanwhile they in their earthly canaan placed long time shall dwell and prosper but when sins national interrupt their public peace provoking god to raise them enemies from whom as oft he saves them penitent by judges first then under kings of whom the second both for piety renowned and puissant deeds a promise shall receive irrevocable that his regal throne for ever shall endure the like shall sing all prophecy that of the royal stock of david so i name this king shall rise a son the woman seed to thee foretold foretold to abraham as in whom shall trust all nations and to kings foretold of kings the last for of his reign shall be no end but first a long succession must ensue and his next son for wealth and wisdom famed the clouded ark of god till then intense wandering shall in a glorious temple enshrine such follow him as shall be registered part good part bad of bad the longer scroll whose foul idolatries and other faults heaped to the popular sum will so incense god as to leave them and expose their land their city his temple and his holy ark with all his sacred things a scorn and prey to that proud city whose high walls thus ost left in confusion babylon thence called there in captivity he lets them dwell the space of seventy years then brings them back remembering mercy and his covenant sworn to david established as the days of heaven return from babylon by leave of kings the lords whom god disposed the house of god they first re-edify and for a while in mean estate live moderate till grown in wealth and multitude factious they grow but first among the priests dissension springs men who attend the altar and should most endeavor peace their strife pollution brings upon the temple itself at last they seize the sceptre and regard not david's sons then lose it to a stranger that the true anointed king messiah might be born barred of his right yet at his birth 
a star unseen before in heaven proclaims him come and guides the eastern sages who inquire his place to offer incense myrrh and gold his place of birth a solemn angel tells to simple shepherds keeping watch by night they gladly thither haste and by a choir of squadron angels hear his carol sung a virgin is his mother but his sire the power of the most high he shall ascend the throne hereditary and bound his reign with earth's wide bounds his glory with the heavens he ceased discerning adam with such joy surcharged as had like grief been dewed in tears without the vent of words which these he breathed o prophet of glad tidings finisher of utmost hope now clear i understand what oft my steadiest thoughts have searched in vain why our great expectation should be called the seed of woman virgin mother hail high in the love of heaven yet from my loins thou shalt proceed and from thy womb the son of god most high so god with man unites needs must the serpent now his capital bruise expect with mortal pain say where and when their fight what stroke shall bruise the victor's heel to whom thus michael dream not of their fight as of a duel or the local wounds of head or heel not therefore joins the sun manhood to godhead with more strength to foil their enemy nor so is overcome satan whose fall from heaven a deadlier bruise disabled not to give thee thy death's wound which he who comes thy saviour shall recure not by destroying satan but his works in thee and in thy seed nor can this be but by fulfilling that which thou didst want obedience to the law of god imposed on penalty of death and suffering death the penalty to thy transgression due and due to theirs which out of thine will grow so only can high justice rest apaid the law of god exact he shall fulfil both by obedience and by love though love alone fulfil the law thy punishment he shall endure by coming in the flesh to a reproachful life and cursed death proclaiming life to all who shall believe in his redemption and that his obedience imputed becomes theirs by faith his merit to save them not their own though legal works for this he shall live hated be blasphemed seized on by force judged and to death condemned a shameful and accursed nailed to the cross by his own nation slain for bringing life but to the cross he nails thy enemies the law that is against thee and the sins of all mankind with him there crucified never to hurt them more who rightly trust in this his satisfaction so he dies but soon revives death over him no power shall long usurp ere the third dawning light return the stars of morn shall see him rise out of his grave fresh as the dawning light thy ransom paid 
which man from death redeems, his death for man, as many as offered life neglect not, and the benefit embraced by faith not void of works. This godlike act annuls thy doom, the death thou shouldst have died, in sin forever lost from life. This act shall bruise the head of Satan, crush his strength, defeating sin and death his two main arms, and fix far deeper in his head their stings than temporal death shall bruise the victor's heel, or theirs whom he redeems, a death like sleep a gentle wafting to immortal life. Nor after resurrection shall he stay longer on earth than certain times to appear to his disciples, men who in his life still followed him. To them shall leave in charge to teach all nations what of him they learned and his salvation. Them who shall believe, baptizing in the profluent stream, the sign of washing them from guilt of sin to life pure and in mind prepared, if so befall, for death, like that which the Redeemer died. All nations they shall teach, for from that day not only to the sons of Abraham's loins salvation shall be preached, but to the sons of Abraham's faith, wherever through the world. So in his seed all nations shall be blessed. Then to the heaven of heavens he shall ascend with victory, triumphing through the air over his foes and thine. There shall surprise the serpent, prince of air, and drag in chains through all his realm, and there confounded leave, then enter into glory, and resume his seat at God's right hand, exalted high above all names in heaven. And thence shall come, when this world's dissolution shall be ripe, with glory and power to judge both quick and dead, to judge the unfaithful dead, but to reward his faithful, and receive them into bliss, whether in heaven or earth. For then the earth shall all be paradise, far happier place than this of Eden, and far happier days. So spake the archangel Michael, then paused as at the world's great period, and our sire, replete with joy and wonder, thus replied, O oh, Goodness infinite, goodness immense, that all this good of evil shall produce, and evil turn to good, more wonderful than that which by creation first brought forth light out of darkness. Full of doubt I stand whether I should repent me now of sin by me done and occasioned, or rejoice much more that much more good thereof shall spring, to God more glory, more good will to men from God, and over wrath grace shall abound. But say, if our deliverer up to heaven must reascend, what will betide the few, his faithful, left among the unfaithful herd, the enemies of truth? Who then shall guide his people? Who defend? Will they not deal worse with his followers than with him they dealt? Be sure thy will, said the angel, but from heaven he to his own a comforter will send the promise of the Father who shall dwell his spirit within them, and the law of faith working through love upon their hearts shall write to guide them in all truth, and also arm with spiritual armor, able to resist Satan's assaults and quench his fiery darts, 
what man can do against them, not afraid, though to the death, against such cruelties with inward consolations recompensed, and oft supported, so as shall amaze the proudest persecutors. For the Spirit, poured first on his apostles, whom he sends to evangelize the nations, then on all baptized, shall them with wondrous gifts endue to speak all tongues, and do all miracles, as did their Lord before them. Thus they win great numbers of each nation to receive with joy the tidings brought from heaven. At length the ministry performed and race well run, their doctrine and their story written left, they die. But in their room, as they forewarn, wolves shall succeed for teachers, grievous wolves, who all the sacred mysteries of heaven to their own vile advantages shall turn of lucre and ambition, and the truth with superstitions and traditions taint, left only in those written records pure, though not but by the spirit understood. Then shall they seek to avail themselves of names, places, and titles, and with these to join secular power, though feigning still to act by spiritual, to themselves appropriating the Spirit of God, promised alike and given to all believers, and from that pretense spiritual laws by carnal power shall force on every conscience laws which none shall find left them enrolled, or what the spirit within shall on the heart engrave. What will they then but force the spirit of grace itself, and bind his consort, liberty? What but unbuild his living temples, built by faith to stand, their own faith, not another's? For on earth who against faith and conscience can be heard infallible. Yet many will presume, whence heavy persecution shall arise on all who in the worship persevere of spirit and truth. The rest, far greater part, will deem in outward rites and specious forms religion satisfied. Truth shall retire bestuck with slanderous darts, and works of faith rarely be found. So shall the world go on, to good malignant, to bad men benign, under her own weight groaning, till the day appear of respiration to the just and vengeance to the wicked, at return of him so lately promised to thy aid, the woman's seed, obscurely then foretold, now amplier known thy Saviour and thy Lord, last in the clouds from heaven to be revealed in glory of the Father, to dissolve Satan and his perverted world, then raised from the conflagrant mass, purged and refined, new heavens, new earth, ages of endless date, founded in righteousness and peace and love, to bring forth fruits, joy and eternal bliss. He ended, and thus Adam last replied, How soon hath thy prediction, seer blessed, measured this transient world? the race of time, till time stand fixed. Beyond is all abyss, eternity, whose end no eye can reach. Greatly instructed I shall hence depart, greatly in peace of thought, and have my fill of knowledge what this vessel can contain. 
beyond which was my folly to aspire. Henceforth I learn that to obey is best, and love with fear the only God, to walk as in his presence, ever to observe his providence, and on him soul depend, merciful over all his works, with good still overcoming evil, and by small accomplishing great things, by things deemed weak, subverting worldly strong, and worldly wise by simply meek, that suffering for truth's sake is fortitude to highest victory, and to the faithful death the gate of life. Taught this by his example whom I now acknowledge my Redeemer, ever blessed. To whom thus also the angel last replied, this having learnt thou hast attained the sum of wisdom, hope no higher, though all the stars thou knewst by name, and all the ethereal powers, all secrets of the deep, all nature's works, or works of God in heaven, air, earth, or sea, and all the riches of this world enjoyedst, and all the rule one empire, only add deeds to thy knowledge answerable, add faith, Add virtue, patience, temperance, add love, by name to come called charity, the soul of all the rest. Then wilt thou not be loath to leave this paradise, but shall possess a paradise within thee, happier far. Let us descend now, therefore, from this top of speculation, for the hour precise exacts our parting hence, and see the guards by me encamped on yonder hill, expect their motion, at whose front a flaming sword in signal of remove waves fiercely round. We may no longer stay. Go, waken Eve. Her also I with gentle dreams have calmed, portending good, and all her spirits composed to meek submission. Thou, at season fit, let her with thee partake what thou hast heard, chiefly what may concern her faith, to know the great deliverance by her seed to come for by the woman's seed on all mankind that ye may live which will be many days both in one faith unanimous though sad with cause for evils past yet much more cheered with meditation on the happy end he ended and they both descend the hill descended Adam to the bower where Eve lay sleeping ran before, but found her waked, and thus, with words not sad, she him received. Whence thou returnst, and whither wentst, I know. For God is also in sleep, and dreams advise, which he hath sent propitious, some great good presaging, since with sorrow and heart's distress wearied I fell asleep. But now... Lead on, in me is no delay. With thee to go is to stay here. Without thee here to stay is to go hence, unwilling. Thou to me art all things under heaven, all places thou, who for my willful crime art banished hence. This further consolation yet secure I carry hence. Though all by me is lost, such favour I, unworthy, am vouchsafed, By me the promised seeds shall all restore. So spake our mother Eve, 
and Adam heard well pleased, but answered not. For now too nigh the archangel stood, and from the other hill to their fixed station all in bright array the cherubim descended, on the ground gliding meteorous as evening mist risen from a river or the marish glides, and gathers ground fast at the laborer's heel, homeward returning. High in front advanced the brandished sword of God before them blazed, fierce as a comet, which with torrid heat and vapor as the Libyan air a dust began to parch that temperate clime, whereat in either hand the hastening angel caught our lingering parents, and to the eastern gate led them direct, and down the cliff as fast to the subjected plain then disappeared. They, looking back, all the eastern side beheld of paradise, so late their happy seat, waved over by that flaming brand, the gate with dreadful faces thronged and fiery arms. Some natural tears they dropped, but wiped them soon. The world was all before them where to choose their place of rest and providence the guide. They, hand in hand, with wandering steps and slow, through Eden took their solitary way. Notes Argument The angel through seed Thence from the flood relates, and by degrees explains who that seed, 1667. Lines 1 through 5 these five lines were added in the second edition, 1674, when the original tenth book was divided into an eleventh and twelfth. The End of Book Twelve Recording by Thomas Copeland The End of Paradise Lost, Second Edition, by John Milton